Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where two rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm not Shane, but I'm the chameleon. <laughs> welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means? It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League, and I tell you what, Griffo, the boot is loaded with stuff to talk about tonight. Well, you know, I've, I've talked previously about Rugby League being a soap opera. Well, I tell you what, there's plenty of lather this week. Plenty of lather. <laughs> there is. There's plenty. Uh, it's uh, Anyway, we'll get into it all. We've got... Um, We've got plenty to talk about. Obviously, we've got the soap opera happening off the field. There's plenty to talk about on the field. I know there's heaps of uh, Brisbane fans that are keen to tune in and hear us talk about their club, whether it be player movements or a win on the weekend. Uh, we've got Origin coming up. Uh, we're, we're, we've got plenty. We've got a week of footy ahead. But realistically, Griffo... Um, we might start off on the field because, as as the fans at home know, we're going to head to things off the field. We've got our usual segments in Griffo's Grab, Graham's Gaff. Um, look, we could just about have a new segment here, I think, Griffo. You talk soap operas. We might as well do movie reviews. I think the first review we could do a bit later on is uh, is that new one that's just come out on the weekend, Weekend at Vorney's. Uh, and it's proudly sponsored by Paul's Party Supplies down there at Shell Harbour. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but the good thing is it's got, it's got a G rating. It's got a G rating, There's yes. nothing untoward. No, you wouldn't imagine so. There so was look, no action in the bed. It was all underneath the bed. No, and, and, that's, and that's right. You know, there's wags under the bed. There's barbecues. There's, uh, look, yeah, there's all sorts look. of stuff. But um, look, we'll get the to it. Birds. Sorry? Did the wallet get burnt on the barbecue? Did the wallet get burnt on the barbecue? The one that was left there by Corey Norman. <laughs> Corey Norman's wallet was left. Was it his that was left behind, was it? <laughs> left on the barbecue. Oh, geez. Well, I'll tell you what. It didn't have $800,000 in it, and that's what's going to cost Paul Vaughan. Um, yeah. There's also a number of players suspended. We'll go into that later. There's fines. There's all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah. And, and, and look, there's plenty to talk about. We'll cover it all a little bit later on. What we want to cover, first of all... Like first and foremost, we are a rugby league podcast. Obviously, that encompasses what happens on the field and off the field. But I think it's worth talking about the things that have happened on the field because there was a round of footy last week and it was a belter of a round of footy. So we might go through some of the games last week, Griffo. We'll go through the scores, have a bit of a chat about the games. Uh, we'll have a look at the ladder and then later on, as I said, we'll do the, the grab the gaff and then we'll also preview round 17. Um, now, we'll tell our listeners, first of all, too, Griffo, before I forget, because I'll neglect to mention it, um, we do have a special edition, hopefully, coming up early next week, so we're not going to talk much Origin tonight. Um, you like a special edition? I love a special edition. Uh, well, we might do one next week, we'll have a bit of a chat um, early on next week about the Origin, and we might also cover the top 100 that was... Uh, listed in the uh, papers on the weekend in regards to the top paid players in the NRL. So, plenty to look forward to there early next week. But uh, going back to last week's games, Griffo, um, 
we'll cast our minds back to Thursday night. It seems like a lifetime ago, considering all the things that have happened it does in the seem news. Like a long time ago. But we had the Roosters uh, hosting the Storm at McDonald Jones Stadium at Newcastle, forty-six nil. This was just a. It was an onslaught by the Storm, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, it does seem like a long, long time ago. Um, so much has happened since that game. <coughs> Storm were just on, and the Roosters were, you know, they were a little bit off, to be to be fair. But I think this was more about the class of the Storm rather than mm. rather than the poor uh, effort from the Roosters. Um, these Storm guys, they're just getting better and better. It don't matter who who's out there in a purple or a or a white jersey. They put on that storm jersey and then they just perform. Yeah, yeah. they're an amazing rugby league club. Um, it is unbelievable because we've talked about the the Panthers a lot about how special this Panthers team is this year. Um, uh, the Storm for me are the team to beat now. No, oh, absolutely. They've um, overtaken the Panthers, I think. Yeah, yeah, they they have. Uh, they're, they're number one on the ladder. Because they've got a phenomenal for and against. And Penrith's for and against in, in years gone by would have been head and shoulders above anyone else. Um, but the Storm are at another level that we really haven't seen. Um, in a, you know, I've been around a long time. I can't recall a team that's been this, this dominant. Um, mm. I think it was 10 times they've scored over 40 points in a game and and that's a record but we've still got a number of games to go this season this is you know we think back to the storm when they were you know winning competitions and and it was you know oh the storm yeah they're very good but they're good at the wrestle they're boring to watch and mm. all that sort of stuff this team is, is <laughs> don't matter who the opposition is their quality view and just watching Melbourne play, the things that they do in attack are, are just amazing. So hats off to uh, Craig Bellamy and his uh, his team because uh, they're, they're just amazing. And they're going to be – it's hard to see anyone um, beating them this year. And, yeah. I mean, as good as Penrith have been, um, particularly pre-Origin, when they were just on a roll and then they had, you know, one again, one of these huge number of unbeaten uh, runs, they, they, um, at their best, they were not doing what the storm are doing at the moment. <coughs> every week, every week. Um, so it, it does look like a two horse race, uh, but you know, that's, that's not decided yet either. But it's any team that can beat the Storm, you'd think they're going to take out the NRL uh, trophy this year. Yeah, and that's, that's effectively what it comes down to now. If you can beat the Storm, you can win the Premiership. And uh, I have a feeling that we're building to a bit of a rematch from last year's grand final, uh, given what we've seen so, so far. Scary thing, though, Griffo, before we move on about this Storm side, um, we've still got to see... Uh, Nelson Asafa Salomona come back into that team. And Ryan Pappenhausen, he's been out for a long time. And uh, we want to remind the listeners, before he uh, he got injured, 
he was the form player in this team. That's it's a scary prospect for other clubs. It is. Um, and also Harry Grant. What Harry Grant, like. of course, yes. There's there's three three players, three, you know, effectively three representative players that are that are missing. So the storm they're just gonna keep rolling in and uh yeah, it, it just I think uh further solidifies that um that divide we're seeing from the top two and the rest of the comp. Uh, the other games we saw on the weekend, uh, Central Coast Stadium, we saw the Warriors take on the Dragons on Friday night. This one uh, finished up in Golden Point with Corey Norman kicking a field goal to get the Dragons home 19-18. Warriors fans, Griffo, they're going to wonder how the hell they lost this one. Yeah, this was a game that it was poor in quality, to to be honest. But it had you on the edge of your seat because you just didn't know what was going to happen next. It was entertaining. It was. It was entertaining. And um, the Dragons were good early but didn't put too many points on. And then the Warriors took control before half time. And scored again afterwards, and, and it, I think it was like something like eighteen eight, with very few minutes left. And, Ten minutes to go. Yeah, and then yeah. we saw. Uh, maybe it was eighteen ten. We saw Chad Townsend, um, who's just come over from the Sharks, <laughs> attempt a field goal. Yes. Uh, to put him nine in front. Now, Chad Townsend, um, he's going to be on $800,000 a season for three years at the Cowboys starting next year. It's a lot of hairspray. <clears throat> I dare say there's a lot of people up in North Queensland. I'm not talking about the, the actual Cowboys themselves, but a lot of fans would be thinking, why? Why are we buying... First, why are we getting this guy? Secondly, why, oh, why did we set eight hundred dollars? Sorry, no, eight hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Why didn't we just put in an offer of say, okay, how about four hundred? <clears throat> yeah, I, I just don't... about what he's worth. Maybe I, don't I, I think he's worth less, but um, <clears throat> like. It's like going to an auction and the reserve price is, you know, 250000 and you'll say, all right, 800000 Yeah. All right. One, two, three. Sold. Sold. Yes. <laughs> it's mind-blowing, isn't it? It's, uh, it's that, you know, it's, <coughs> it's, just it's the fear of missing out. Unbelievable. It just doesn't add up. I just don't know the logic. Who else wanted to sign him? No yeah. one. It wasn't as though they were in a... And, and look, we're, we've talked uh, about a lot of halfbacks on the show and, um, you know, the money they're chasing. Like, this is this is Adam Reynolds' money. It's, it, I just don't understand it. Like, I, I, I can't. You could buy I a Paul Vaughan for 800000 Vaughan's a much better player. Like, anyway, look, anyway. getting back to this game, I yeah. mean... The Warriors... I'm trying to talk about the Dragons on the field. Yeah. 
look, the reality is if, if he had to put that field goal over, we wouldn't have went to extra time. Um, oh, and no, there wouldn't have been any house parts. It seemed bizarre. But There's nothing to celebrate. It's Townsend's fault for missing the dragon <laughs> that allowed the Dragons to get a seven-tackle seven set, yeah. which they scored on the seventh tackle. Started the comeback. Corey Norman could not kick a goal from the sideline. His life depended on it. And if, like, he's, not a, he's not a regular goal kicker. So I'm, I'm not going to be too mm. critical of Corey Norman. He's he's a third string goal kicker, really. Um, anyway, eventually, with some absolute lunacy, we get to eighteen all. Um, neither side yeah. wants to win the game. Well, well, both sides want to win the game. Neither side knows how to. Um, and then it was again a, just a litany of stupidity um, from both teams, especially from the Warriors in that extra time. I thought it was going to go all 10 minutes and no one was going to score. I, I had that feeling too. I thought we were going to get the first draw of the season. We did see, I think, a Dragons player. Uh, Norman had had one or two attempts at drop goal, missed. Then a Dragons player, I think, dropped the ball, um, which put down a scrum. And uh, either from the scrum or from the next play, RTS, the $1 million man, drops the ball that yes dragons get it again and this time they did set up okay and and norman for a bit of a wobbly one over they went over and and that was it the dragons won mm. now i was happy with it because i tipped the dragons um most most were going warriors in that game yeah um but of course had they not have won you know we we wouldn't have too much to talk about this week because it would have just been a regulation Warriors win. Um, there's no party. Um, Could have and, been a barbecue at Chad Tanzan's and, and place. What, <laughs> I don't know what the news and uh, particularly um, rugby league programs would have had to talk about because all we're hearing about is the party. Mm. Um, but anyway, look, credit to the Dragons for winning that game. They hung in there, should never yeah. have won it, but did and have themselves in a good position on the ladder. And then we'll talk about the rest later on. Yeah. Um, look, that was followed. It was. It was, it was followed up by another uh, uh, Golden Point game, wasn't it, Griffo, where we saw Matt Burton kick his first ever uh, field goal in the NRL. Panthers got up 13-12 in this one. Um Speaking of missed opportunities, I know you're going to talk a bit about the Panthers here, but uh, Mitchell Moses, he had an opportunity right on full time to to uh, to win this one, and it, it didn't work out for the uh, for the Eels. Um, showed the Panthers, they showed a bit of grit the other night, showed they can get the job done without Cleary. Yeah, they did. Um, and, and, you know, th- this was a very, very important two points. Because... Now that Luai's injured as well, you've got to think the Panthers are going to drop a game or two. Um, had they have dropped these two points, Parra would have joined them on, I think it was 26. And then Penrith, with the injury to Cleary and Luai now, would have been in a little bit of trouble. Um, 
probably would hang on into the top four, but but there was you know some question marks. So <laughs> pressure would have been on. And and the other thing is too, even though you're in the top four, Griffo, I mean we're talking hypothetical here. We would have had the Eels, Rabbitohs, Panthers all on twenty six. You know, it's games like this that could cost you a home semi final. Well, yeah, you think at best they were going to be fourth, and then they had to go down to Melbourne to play that first game. So. Um, really important two points all along I had the feeling we're not going to win this game um, when I say we the Panthers mm. um, they did enough and, and I thought when, when Burton kicked the drop goal I thought okay we, we've got it now but then of course the kick goes up and the penalty is given <coughs> You know, I'm biased, but I don't think it was worth the penalty. Some yeah. say it was, others say it wasn't. Um, the reality is that a penalty was given, and I just thought Moses going to put it over. You know, like mm. it wasn't. You wouldn't call it an easy kick, but for a you know, he's not Corey Norman. He's he's a he's a top flight goal kicker, Mitchell yeah. Moses. He would have expected to get that kick himself, um, and and that's what it came down to. So, the two teams were very evenly matched. Um, I did, and I was just listening. <coughs> I was actually, my apologies. I've still got this cold. Um, I was just listening uh, just before the podcast started. I was listening to our discussion about. Um, the preview of this match. And I, I did actually have a feeling that, that Penrith were really going to struggle. I ended up tipping them, um, but that was more heart than head. It was really set up for a para win because Cleary is an extremely important player to Penrith's hopes of winning any game. And he wasn't there. Playing at Blue Bet, where Penrith are very hard to beat, but there was no crowd. So effectively, I don't really classify it as a proper home game when there's no crowd there. So uh, it was was really set up for power to, to, to take these two points. They didn't play badly. Um, it was a good quality game, unlike the, you know, the full time, the um, golden point. Uh, game up at Gosford mm. but it's a very very important two points for the Panthers it's almost one of those you know sort of four point swing games because it wasn't just the two points Penrith got it was the two that Power didn't get so there's a little bit of a gap between yes. those two sides bit breathing space for Penrith uh, I was I thought Apicori Sal was outstanding um, I think he was the man of the match uh, in most people. I thought Papali'i also for Paro was very good. Yeah. Um, he's he's a young too, isn't he? He's a, yeah, look, be, like, he's, he's been the buyer. He's got a big future ahead of himself. He's going to be a superstar. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't show this sort of quality. No, he's really uh, come um, on this year. I think he's on quite low money. At Para, so Para have got an absolute bargain buy. He's, well, I think you could say, 
he's been their best forward this year, if not their best player. Um, he impressed me in uh, in the trial game between these two teams um, at Blue Bet uh, before the season started. I thought Parra were quite flat that night, but when Papa Lee, he came on later in the game and I thought he was really good. I thought he, he actually showed spark. And he does it week in, week out. Um, mm-hmm. So I think he's made Parramatta a better team this year than uh, than what what they were last year. So for Parra fans, um, while they didn't get the two points in this game, I thought they held their own. And um, you'd have to think that you know, maybe come September, maybe they can do a little bit better than what they've been able to come up with in the last few years when, you know, come September, it's it's bye-bye Parramatta Eels pretty quickly. But I think there's signs of hope with uh, with this team. I think they're a better side than they were. Yeah, and that's, that's fair enough. And one thing we talked about going into this game was the Penrith back line. I don't know if you... Uh... Reviewed that with your listener yeah. today. We we talked a bit about Tyro May. Now, when they actually went out on the field, um, it, it was effectively uh, Luai and May in the halves with Burton in the centres. What were your thoughts and and how that played out and uh, and and the input from Tyro May? Because it seems to be that just about everyone who follows rugby league um, isn't keen on Tyro May, but. Yeah, Cleary, Cleary sees him as as the possible. Um, basically, yeah, going look, forward, he's going to be the halfback by the sounds of things, and what we saw the other night. Yeah. Um, firstly, as far as Tyrone May goes, Penrith only got two tries in this game, and he got one of them, which was basically. Well, it was an individual effort. He got past Papaliti mm-hmm. when just been given Papaliti a rap. Yep. But he missed a crucial tackle on Tyrone May. And so that was important. <coughs> but the attack's really clunky. Um, Luai was there for this game, but it just, it was like they were trying hard, Penrith. But they, particularly in the first half when they couldn't hold on to the ball, they, they were really making it difficult for themselves. But um, I think, and again, I can only offer my opinion. I mean, I don't want to tell Ivan Cleary how to coach because he obviously knows far more than I'll ever know. But I just think on Tyrone May, I, I think his position in this team is number 14. I think he he offers something off the bench with his versatility. He can come on and play hooker. He can cover for Isaiah Yo as a lock. I honestly think lock would be his best position, but he's not gonna he's not gonna be lock while mm. while you got Isaiah Yo there. Um, but I think that's his. He, he lacks speed. He's got skill. He's a good defender, like one on one. But but if you know when when he played. He was found wanting for speed. <coughs> I don't think he's. I just there's a lack of spark um, when he's at seven. So I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the seventeen. I think he should be number fourteen, and you know because he can cover a range of positions if there's an injury. So he's that's that's one of his his best attributes. 
he does have skill, but I just think Matt Burton um, is Penrith's best option at six with Jerome Luai out injured. Um, playing in the centres, we don't get to see one of Matt Burton's biggest strengths, which is his long kicking game. In the centres, he doesn't kick. Um, and I think... Yeah. I think that's something that really, with with Nathan Cleary not there, you need a strong kicking game. But Tyrone May doesn't have that either. So I've got Burton needs to be at six. And then the dilemma is, well, who plays at seven? <coughs> and again, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, for the next, say, three to four weeks because – You've got no Cleary and no Luai. Um, so they're going to have to play a different style of game somewhat. While Matt Burton's been absolutely brilliant as a running centre, it's been running off Luai, and Luai's not there. So he's got to come in. He's got to take control of this team. Um, Jamin Salmon is on Penrith's books. Yep. And again, we talked about him last week. I don't know if Jamin Salmon is a seven. Um, I would be willing to give Kurt Foles, who is in the top 30, got promoted earlier in the year to the top 30. I'd be willing to give him a go as, as a legitimate number seven. And um, just basically <coughs> run the, you know, him to be the, uh, the organizer while Matt Burton gets to do the kick in. Uh, uses his running game and tries to get the ball uh, wide to the likes of Crichton, um, Charlie Staines, Brian Toto, and I'd like to see Isaac Katego come into the centres. Mm. Or, you know, you've still got Momorowski, you've got Robert Jennings. So you, you've got a bit plenty of outside in backs. the outside backs. There that's is. why and, and, Burton's probably going to find himself in the halves. Well, I just think... For his kicking game, it has to be there. Well, that's what I think because you need to have a guy who and, and Burton's got. I don't think there's a bigger kicker of the football in the NRL no. than, than Matt Burton. Look, you put it this way, Griffo: if they're in a situation <coughs> again where they need a field goal, Burton's the only pl- person you can think of that's fit at the moment that would kick one. He's yeah, got to be in that that, and, yeah. and also too his general kicking. I know you're not always going to need field goals, but you make a good point. You can play Tyrone May at half, but it doesn't mean that at the end of the set he's going to kick you out of trouble. Yeah, I just... I, I, we've seen that that combination didn't go uh, didn't go too well when they come up against the Tigers and uh, the Cronulla Sharks. Burton played really good against the Sharks. Nearly got Penrith home, but um, they just need something else out number seven. And, mm. and I'd be willing to give uh, Kurt Falls who's been, uh, from what I can see, doing a good job in, in reserve grade all year. And that team was on top of the, the ladder for, for most of the year. I don't think they are now. But I think it's worth getting a legitimate number seven in there to guide the team around. And you've got Burton with his kicking game and his class, his running game, to basically um, be in control of, of what Penrith does. Um, uh, I think Kurt Foles, he, um, <coughs> Kurt Foles, is he a goal kicker as well? 
I he is a, goal, is a good seeing... goal kicker. Yeah. Yeah. So he's that's another. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, they've got Crichton, they've got some other goal kickers, but it's just you know other other I suppose uh, strings to the bow, other things to add in there, and really for the Panthers, I mean, we're not gonna. They don't have a game this week. That's why we want to spend some time no. talking about the Panthers. Um, it's really... They've really got to get through the next three weeks, I reckon, are very important because they've got the bye this week, the Warriors the week after that, then the, the Broncos. They, they almost sort of go, okay, let's... The bye's easy. We'll limp through the, the 12th place Warriors and Broncos. You'd expect them to win because... Round 20 is the big one. They've got the round 20 game against the Storm. Round 21 against the Roosters. Um, they've also got round 23, the Rabbitohs. Round 25, the Eels. They've got some big games yeah, some at the big, big end. Uh, the next three weeks are big, and they really need to get, um, well, after the bye this week, those next two games, they, they need to make sure that they iron a few things out and get four points there so that they're... Uh, they're ready to go when they meet uh, the premiership favourites in the storm. In round I think another, uh, you're right, Greg, I agree with everything you said, but I think there's another factor in all this, and that is the disruption that State of Origin is bringing to this team because they've yeah. got so many guys who are part of <coughs> the Origin. Um, so they won't have been able to train um, as a unit, the, you know, the players are going to run out from one to 17. So, uh, that is an issue that, you know, there'll be, you know, no, no happy at training, no Isaiah Yo. Those two guys are crucial yeah. to what goes on. Um, so all the more reason why, you know, if, if you're looking at someone like a Kurt Falls that, yep. They really spend a lot of time with those guys that are there, just just getting going through, you know, their sets and whatnot, getting developing combinations. And then you've also had Dylan Edwards in and out of the team uh, as well. So it's been quite disruptive. Um, all the more reason why that two points they got last week um, yeah, was big. so important. No, I totally agree. It'd be interesting to see if someone like a Kurt Falls gets an opportunity. Um, I think it was was it earlier this year he signed a couple of years contract with the Panthers. Being a half at the Panthers, obviously you've got some uh, pretty pretty top notch and quality players ahead of you. So I reckon he's one that even if he doesn't get a run, Griffo, it's worth the couple uh, rugby league listeners keeping an eye on him because he could be someone that a few clubs make a play for in the next couple of years. Uh, looking for a young up-and-coming halfback. Oh, indeed, especially given his proficiency as a goal kicker. Yeah, no, it's definitely definitely worth uh, worth keeping an eye on there. Um, but look, back to the games last week. We um, Look, we've talked about some tight games. We're, we're, we're going to talk about some blowouts, and there was none bigger than the Seagulls win over the Bulldogs. There's not a lot really to, to talk about in this one, other than the fact that, um, look, Manly have been absolutely dominating since Trebojevic come back. They're an absolutely different team. Um, it's, it, it's, it's funny the ride that, that we've been on following these Seagulls because I remember back at the start of the year, uh, I picked them in the top eight. You fellas weren't on board. About three or four weeks into the season, I was calling myself an idiot for even considering them in the eight. Uh, they're in fifth position now, scoring 
lots of points. They are... They're, they're sneaking up as a threat in this competition. They're an absolute threat. Um, I, I was very critical of them before the season started for some of the things, some of the signings they made. And, um, and that was vindicated in the first four weeks when they were horrible. <laughs> Without um, Trebojevic. <laughs> they were. Uh, to their credit, they, they actually won a game, I think it might have been against the Warriors. Or Turbo came back. They won a close game, which would have given them some confidence. And then when Turbo came back, I think they might have blew away the Titans. And, and they've just been on a roll ever since. Um, I thought they were no chance whatsoever. Um, after four games, they had four losses and bad losses. They had a record loss at, at uh, I think it was still Lotto. And then um, the Panthers beat them in, in, in the biggest score ever um, at that ground for a manly team. And, you know, there was questions about Des Hasler. You know, how long was he going to get to stay there as coach and, they were a rabble. Yeah. But to their credit, I, I've never seen a turnaround in a team um, like this. And they're just getting better and better every week. I, uh, I was interested in that. I think they played Penrith out to, to Bathurst. Yeah. And they, they were going well then. But I thought it'd be interesting to see, you know, they come up against the quality side, how they go. And they were good that day, but Penrith were able to control Tommy Turbo like no other team had. Um, Turbo got an intercept try, but apart from that, I, I can't think that he made a line break other than that. So he was well handled by the Panthers. It was a tough game but the Panthers did get on top. <coughs> I'm going to say that Manly are a better side than they were back in that game. And whoever they come up against in the semifinals, this is a team that they're going to have to be aware of. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to be healthy uh, and principally that Tommy Turbo is healthy. But um, they've, they've unearthed some some very large forwards that I wasn't aware of who were damaging. And um, obviously it was, uh, it was men and boys last week. Um, the Bulldogs just finding, uh, well, they don't look like a professional organization. Uh, I think um, uh, Trent Barrett summed it up in the press conference where he sat down, rubbed his face and said, F me. Yeah. Yeah, like that that just sums it up. I, I think it's one of those things where it's just they're they're in a different league and often and often when we talk about teams in a different league we're talking in positive, but they're in a different league for, for the negative reasons. They they do not look like an NRL team. If this was a different sport where they have relegation and promotion, yeah. They they'd be the type of team that would be, you know look it, it just blows my mind the the Bulldogs, they just do not look like an NRL standard club. And this is a club with a 
proud history and a successful one at that. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, their, their reputation was built on toughness and, Mm, yeah, they're soft as um, marshmallows now. Yeah, they're well. To be honest, they're an embarrassment well, at the moment. I'll tell you what's an embarrassing stat. This is this. There's a few stats from the game, and you, you could imagine what they're going to sound like that are embarrassing. The line breaks were fourteen nil. This is the one that that really, you know, brings it home. Tackle breaks. Forty three for the Seagulls, thirteen for the Bulldogs. Like forty three tackle breaks. Like they're just. And I mean, that's only in defence. We know they conceded a lot of points. And the, the interesting thing is we say it every week with the Bulldogs. The completion rates aren't that different. Both teams are completing in the 70s. The Bulldogs don't know what to do with it. But gee whiz, the Seagulls, they know what to do with it at the moment. And they've overtaken the Roosters. And I'll go through the ladder in a moment. The Seagulls are now actually four points out of the top four. They're pushing for a top four spot. They are indeed. Whilst, you know, I think it would be a massive call for them to make the top four, you you made a good point, Griffo. Come finals week one, if the Seagulls come fifth and, you you know, they're playing a team like the Sharks or whoever... Oh, they go straight through. They go straight through. They'll dust them up. So, effectively, you know, I'm calling it now. You could just about slot the Seagulls through to to your week two of the finals to take on one of the top four. It's... I, yeah. I, I I can only see that, um, yeah, I can only see positives for this team. And, and it just seems as though there's an attitude shift. And one of the players that I wanted to point out, um, I know we've talked in previous weeks about Ruben Garrick. We know how much of a, a great season he's had since Trebojevic has come back. One player I want to point out, because we do mention him, but I think, uh, I think he's in phenomenal form, is Jason Saab. Yeah, I... Um... I uh, certainly gave consideration to him being my uh, my grab this week. Um, what I will say about Jason Saab is, if, and I know this is the last Origin game, but if either Adil Carr or Brian Toto had been injured, um, he would have been the guy I would have been bringing in. Exactly. The form is the moment. Yeah, he's that type of winger which has just great finishing, good speed. Just, yeah, he's the modern winger, isn't he? Well, he's 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 got a lot of attributes, and we didn't, you know, he'd, he'd been highly spoken of as a junior, and and then with the Dragons, and we did see him play a little bit of first grade, but didn't really set the world on fire. And then, you know, he wanted to get out of the Dragons. Anyway, he landed at uh, at, um, at Lotto Land, as it was. And again, at the start of the season, no one could really see, you know, what this guy, you know, really had. But, but um, he's got some phenomenal speed. Um, he's obviously, because he's about six foot ten, he's pretty good in the air. Um, <laughs> and legitimately, though, I think he's six six. I heard during the week. Well, he's a tall boy. He's huge. He's a uh, tall boy. You've got your chest yeah. of drawers, and then he's so the, you uh, stick him. He's you stick him in boy. your bedroom. You know. Yeah, he's this. Um, 
I think I think in the new scale he's about two meters tall. Okay, so um, yeah, he he's a guy that yeah I'd have him next in line as a winger for the Blues, um, but the things that um, that he can do because he's so fast, um, he, he's in he's in great form and uh, he's a threat. Uh, as are a number of players for the Sea Eagles. Yeah, no, they're definitely like a team. A couple of other teams. Yeah, definitely a team to keep an eye on. Um, there's plenty of threats throughout the NRL. Two teams at the moment which I just can't can't back to to be threats. And I, I, it's just this game was impossible for the Tipsters because you just didn't know which team were going to show up. And um, well, fortunately for those that live on the Gold Coast, the the Titans showed up. Uh, they won 44-6 to six against the Raiders. I, I'm not too sure what to say about this one, Griffo, because you, you just don't know what you're going to get this week. I mean, I'll try and be supportive of the Titans fans and, and you know, talk about the, the positives in the sense that they had a 38-point win. But the, the Gold Coast, they're, they're likely to be the, you know, the type of team that over the next couple of weeks could get done by 38. It's These were just, it was just a match-up of, the disappointments and uh, the Titans showed up on the day. Yeah, the Titans were good. Um, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty even early on until David Fafita got sent to the sin bin, and then the Titans, with with the man down, scored three <laughs> tries. They slept better without it, didn't they? <laughs> well. I can't ever recall a team that was a man down like 10 minutes in the bin actually scoring three tries three while tries. they were a player yeah. down. No, we it's, saw it's Panthers. Well, yeah. Penrith scored two tries against the Titans earlier in the year when they were a player down. But <coughs> three tries. I mean, you're flat out scoring three tries in 10 minutes as it is, but... That's that's how bad the Raiders are. Well, look, the Titans—they're the type of team that's been over the you know over the past few weeks. They're not flat out scoring three tries, but they're the type of team that would let in six, seven, eight tries. Oh. Uh, but the Raiders continue to be the disappointment, as you were saying, Griff. They're dreadful. They're some awful. of the attempted tackles were were just outrageously bad. And including, I'm throwing in there Jack Whiten. Yeah, um, he was. He's awful. not. In, he's not in form. No, he's not in form. Which, which we, we, you know, yeah, I guess we'll talk about Origin that next preview, week with Origin. Yeah, but special yeah. edition uh, oh. for those listeners who, who may have missed it at the start of the show. Early next week, special edition Origin preview. Give you something to listen to in lockdown. Yeah, um, I, I don't see. I don't see a way out. The Canberra Raiders, um, certainly not this year. They're gone. Um, I, I have to think <coughs> that if if they don't show a bit more, and, and I, I everywhere I hear that Ricky's position is safe because he's on very good terms with with the club management, but. I, I I think maybe it's time that um, someone new takes over. 
Something's got to change. Yeah, look, I think with Ricky, there's a use by date at whatever club he's at. And you can't question his, his effort, intensity, but he does seem to be, to have a personality that just seems to eventually get offside with the guys underneath him. Um, and that's certainly the case at the Raiders. They're, they're a rabble. You know, this time last year and the year before, they were they were right up at the top. They made the grand final. They went close to winning in 2019. They made the prelim final last year and were very disappointed in that game. But, um, you know, they were one of the heavyweights of the competition. Many people were tipping him to make the grand final this year. And it's just gone horribly wrong. Um Guys that are homesick, wives that are, you know, sending out messages about the coaching, and it's obviously an unhappy camp. Yeah, I don't uh, think they're going to look to to players from the UK anymore. Well, I don't know where they're going to look, but you know, I think they were very successful in maybe the the under 19s comp this year. They may have won it um, from what I heard uh, and the West Tigers also they got a good flag side so I think these two teams who are down near the bottom of the ladder they're probably going to maybe have to bring in some of these younger guys who are obviously good quality maybe a little bit sooner than uh, than what they might have originally wanted to do but um they need to turn over the roster, the Raiders, uh, and get guys in there who want to win um, and are prepared to put their body on the line. Because some of that, as I said, some of that defense was rubbish last yeah. week. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, they weren't guys who were prepared to do their all to get victory with that, that sort of defense. I thought it was disgraceful. Uh, and I mean, to the Titans' credit, they did well. They played well, the Titans. Yeah. But um, we saw most, well, a lot of the Cabaretas supporters leaving early. Um, you know, it would have been close to zero degrees. And uh, and they're out there supporting their team, and, and the team didn't, didn't show anything. So it, it's very disappointing for those Raiders supporters. Um, and uh, I, I just don't see, I don't see this going well. I mean, the, the premiership window for this Raiders side is well and truly uh, shot. Um, and, and it might be a few years before we see the rise of, uh, of the Canberra Raiders again, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a long way from the team we saw over the past few years making uh, grand finals top fours. And I'll tell you what, another team that seems uh, seems very different is, is the Newcastle Knights. Now, I'm going to say something, Griff. I I know that uh, the stats would, would back this up, but a Newcastle team with Ponga, Pierce, and Braley within that spine is a, is a winning combination, and that 
that was shown on the weekend again. They won 38 to nil over the Cowboys um, up at Newcastle on Saturday. I said it earlier on in the season. They're a chance for the eight, and then Ponga and and Pierce were out. They're back now, and there's some positive signs for the Knights given that uh, that injection of class. Well, their flavour of the week, Graham. Um, that's all I'll say. Basically, there's been other teams that have been flavour of the week, like the Cowboys, the Titans, the. You know, we got all these teams below number six on the ladder. Sharks again look good. They're like they looked like they were going to make the eight. Um, but the Knights, uh, I've not rated them throughout most of this year, but I was impressed with what I saw last week. Kalen Ponger is one of the premium players in the competition, mm. and. Um, He's been out for, for a long time. Um, like you said, having the likes of Ponga, Pierce, Braley, uh, that might have been the first time those three guys have been on the field at the same time. Certainly uh, this year. And Braley, of course, missed most of the last year. And uh, the other guy I want to give a mention to is... Um, uh, Jake Clifford. Yeah. I think he's been really good. He, he was he was going really well at the Cowboys. And then he left. And why the Cowboys were, were, were precipitating, uh, you know, for, for that to happen. So they brought in Dearden. Well, since Clifford left, they've gone downhill. And uh, they don't look like uh, they're going to make the eight. You know, they were on a bit of a roll there with the likes of Clifford, Drinkwater, Valentine Holmes going really well. But, you know, they couldn't, uh, they couldn't trouble the scoreboard attendant last week. And uh, I don't know that too much. I think it's looking a bit gloomy for the Cowboys. But, again, you know, that could all change in the space of a week or two because yeah. uh, we think a team's on the rise and, you know, they put one or two games, well, two or three games together and they start looking good and then all of a sudden uh, it turns again. So you would think the Knights are going to take one of those places in the bottom of the eight now because they do have most of their players back and they actually, uh, they played good football last week. Um, the challenge for Newcastle is to be able to do that week and week again. Um, yeah, yeah. Get some right. consistency into their game, which they haven't had this year. But of those teams that are challenging, uh, they do look to be an emerging uh, team there that you'd think. But I, I think I did have a bit of a look at their draw, and it's it's a little more favourable than some of the other sides. Uh, so you know, really, their uh, their destiny is in their own hands now, uh, and they they look. I think they got the bye this week as well. They so, do, yeah. um, I think we'll see them. We'll see them in the eight within the next week or two, and uh, and whether they stay there is completely up to them. Yeah, and and it's interesting too. I know, and I know it's only one one week, but you know, with uh, teams around them like the Warriors, 
and the Sharks actually playing each other this week. It's a prime opportunity for them to to keep in touch. And we know that there's the challenges at the Dragons, so the uh, the the Knights are definitely a team to keep their eye on. Uh, but a team that we've been keeping our eye on over the over the past little while is the Sharks. Now, I made a big hullabaloo over the last week or two about the fact that the last time the Sharks actually lost a game was the the fifteenth of May. Now we're recording this on the seventh uh, of July. For those wondering, uh, now uh, since the fifteenth of May, the Sharks have been winning. That was until they come up against the Broncos of all teams. And that was last uh, Sunday, the 4th of July, where the Broncos uh, got the job done 26 points to 18 over the Sharks. Now, um, this was one that I don't think a lot of punters saw coming, Griffo. But, uh, look, it's good for for Broncos fans and, and, uh, I suppose, uh, those that follow the Broncos to... uh, to see uh, some positive performances. I'll pick out a positive for us. Uh, Payne Haas, I, th- I think, had one of his better games. But um, I suppose this is just another example of where we have these teams on the edge of the eight, like the Sharks, where you just you just can't set your watch by them, can you? No. Um, but what I will say, Graham, is I didn't think the Sharks were too bad. <coughs> Excuse me. It was a much-improved Broncos, wasn't it? Oh, the Broncos were really good. Yeah. I thought uh, this was the game that I enjoyed the most of, of last uh, round. It was competitive. Uh, it was end-to-end stuff. There was quality play from both teams. I thought it had an energy, like there was an intensity to it. It felt nice and it hard. It did. Um, yeah. I, I really enjoyed this game. And um, credit to both teams because both teams, you know, showed some amazing uh, skill in attack. Um and it just looked like uh, looked like a semi-final. Like, uh, and I say that because you know there was people in in uh, in the ground, and it was a sunny day. It um, it just had that end-to-end stuff that, <coughs> and and uh, you know, both these teams have had their issues this year. Principally, you know, the Broncos have been dreadful most yeah. weeks, but. They showed a great willingness to win. Um, I think Katoni Staggs coming back he for made them a was difference. very important. Huge. On the flip side, the Sharks losing Matt Moylan, um, that was a massive loss, I think, in mm. the warm-up. So the combination of, of Johnson and Moylan has really been what's driven the Sharks over that period of time where you talked about they've, they've not lost, they haven't yes. lost quite a while. And then I think that loss of Moylan was was um, pretty mm. crucial, certainly to, to the attack. Because you had uh, Trindle uh, came in. Trindle came in. He did a reasonable job, but, um, but, you know, it was put a lot more pressure on Johnson. I thought Johnson had a good game, but, um, yeah... I think the loss of Moylan was was pretty crucial in in what happened in that game. But uh, to the the credit of the Broncos, uh, they just wanted to win it a bit more than what the Sharks did. Yeah, Broncos aren't going to make the eight. Sharks may still. It just felt like a Broncos team that all of a sudden wanted to to play. We were seeing line breaks. Um, They they didn't, from memory, they didn't drop the ball a lot. 
I actually think you made a good point because when I was watching the game, um, I remember, like, obviously it was on everyone's radar. Any rugby league fan that was tuning into that game knew that Katoni Staggs was coming back. I thought he made a huge difference. He's a quality football player. He is. He's got X factor about him. He does. He's got that. He's he's elusive. He's hard to tackle. Yeah. Uh, I thought I was also impressed by Gamble. Yeah. Um, he gets under the skin of the opposition. Um. And Croft thought, for the halves this week, so yeah, it's, uh, I'd imagine they stick with that combination. Well, it worked last week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, credit to the Broncos. Um, whether they can back it up, we'll find out. But you know, when the, I think it was only their fourth win of the season, so um, they deserved it. They deserved it. And as yeah. I said, I enjoyed this game. But more yep. than any of the other games of the round, I thought this was by far the best quality game. Yeah, they've got the bye this week, the Broncos. So they'll be happy <laughs> to take the two points. So for them, it was a big, uh, a big win because effectively it was worth four points. And well, they play the Tigers the week after, so there's there's an opportunity for them to keep rolling uh, through the season. So uh, the the Broncos fans, they'll be happy to see that. It'll be a big clash uh, the week after with the Tigers taking on the Broncos, the battle of 14th and 15th. And uh, obviously the Bulldogs aren't happy about the Broncos winning uh, being on just, the bottom of the table. Just give, just give the wooden spoon to the Bulldogs now. They can't yeah. win enough games to... You know, to to catch uh, the other teams, no. they'd have to win. They'd have to win three games. They're poor because their four and against is very ordinary. So they aren't winning three games. The Bulldogs give no. them the wooden spoon. And look, rounding out the uh, the the round, it was it was disappointing to see no fans at Leichhardt Oval because it's a great place to watch rugby league, uh, great suburban ground. It's a place that the uh, the Tigers fans and traditionally Balmain Tigers fans. Love to see the West Tigers play. Uh, they went down 38-22 to 22 to the Rabbitohs. Uh, this was one of those games where it, um, it seemed as though early on that the Rabbitohs were going to just put a, put a cricket score on the, the Tigers. We saw uh, a great start with um, Tane Milne scoring in, scoring in the first minute, then Walker and Johnston. Uh, by the half-hour mark, they already had four tries. Um this is one of those games where I think for the Rabbitohs, I think a lot of people would have thought, okay, they're going to uh, put the foot on the throat of the Tigers, but uh, the, the Tigers got back into it a little bit, scored some points, but um, look, this was really a top four team playing a bottom four team, wasn't it, Griff? Oh, it was poor. Um, from now on, uh, until further notice... I am referring to the West Tigers <laughs> as Muriel. Muriel. You're terrible, Muriel. <laughs> so uh, from that's what I'm going to refer to them as Muriel. Yeah. Uh-oh. And you feel like they got back in the game because, I mean, look, I'll be honest with you, everyone knows it's the world's worst kept secret that I'm a Rabbitohs fan. I was actually disappointed South took the foot off the pedal. Yeah, Look, there were so many things to be disappointed about in this game, Graham. But <laughs> I'll you know, talk about one in it, my segment. Don't worry. <laughs> it started off. It started off um, 
Souths thought they were at uh, Redfern Oval going through a training run. Because yeah. that's when how Milne's, it was. That first try was just so oh, soft. Yeah, it was, it was dreadful. Tane Milne, um, he, he thought all these Christmases had come at once. You know, it was... Im- I've, I've had a lot to say about Muriel throughout the year. And, <laughs> um, nothing's changed. They're, they're just a dreadful, dreadful rugby league team. And, and dare I say rugby league club. Because they just keep making the same mistakes. Um, buying, paying overs for, for players who are... You know, they haven't got Tyson Gamble anymore, but everyone they buy is a gamble. Yeah. And it's not coming up on, with the right numbers for them. Um, but it's funny, though. Like, you look at their team, like, you know, games aren't won on paper. They've got some players that, like, like do you know what I mean? For name name for name's sake, there's, there's some players there that should be doing better. Like, you look at this squad on paper... They should have more in them, but I agree, Graham. Is it but... is it the coaching? Does Michael Maguire need to go? Was was is Michael Maguire the luckiest bloke on earth because he he was at a South Sydney team full of superstars and now he's got a team he's got to work with. He doesn't know what to do. Like what 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 do the Tigers need apart from a win? <laughs> I honestly don't know, Graham, because I agree oh. with you that. Their roster is not a bad roster on paper. No. If they were wearing another, you know, what they need is probably to be wearing another jersey. Put them in purple. Yeah. <laughs> Put them in purple. No, but, they might play better. You know what I mean? Like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The the bloke from the Tigers on the weekend that that I was watching, I thought, geez, you know what? He's, he's, he's playing some good football. I don't know if you'll agree with me. I think Dane Laurie was... No, Dane Laurie was good. He did great. some really good things. Um, Adam Dewey, he's a good player. We know what Luke Brooks can do. I've always well, been a Brooks fan Brooks was of... actually pretty good. Brooks yeah. saved a number of tries with his defence, chasing guys I mean... down. But it's... <clears throat> and I don't know anything about different chemicals, but some chemicals don't go well with others, apparently. And I think that's how it is for the West Tigers. Yeah, it's like the oil and water. players in that team, while you might say, well, he's a good player and he's a good player, they just don't gel as a yep. team. And I think the coach has to take some responsibility for that. Um, yeah, I can't I- say he takes all of it, though, because it's got to come back to the performance of, of these guys who have, at some stage of their career, most of them, been good players and produced good rugby league. <clears throat> but together, collectively, they just don't do it. No. Um, and you got big Stefanos in the... Uh... Yeah, well, how is that? I, I don't know I if think, they're just sharing it around going, look... I think they are, because, I think, because the Tigers, I think, got the bye this week. Yeah. So I think Freddie's just said, okay, well we're not gonna we're not gonna take anyone out of teams that are playing this week. Yeah, so, so yeah. like I say a, a Keon Kalongi. Yeah, that's a you know, was in, the, in the first uh 
he was in the squad for the first game. He should be like if if you're just saying who's who's should be there, he should be there. But I think because it is a dead rubber and because he'd only yeah. be player number nineteen or twenty, I think um, in fairness to both the player and also to the Rabbitohs club, um, Freddie is is picking a guy who he's worked with a lot at the junior level uh, in Stefano, yeah. um, who you know, he hasn't said the world of light, let's be honest. He's nah, I, was, I, was, I was shocked when I saw the team that he was considered. And I, I, I sat back and I thought, geez, am I being a bit harsh? Have I not watched the Tigers close enough? Are the Tigers fans going to come out of the woodwork and give me heaps when I say it on the podcast? But... He wasn't even on my radar for, for Brent, origin selection. There's been games when he hasn't even been on the Tigers' radar. He hasn't. No, that's it. right. He's struggling to make the Tigers team. Yeah. Oh, far out. Well, that's anyway, that's one out of the field. It's part of uh, that emerging squad. They want those players in camp to feel it, so that he obviously yep. sees some potential in him. And and really, that's read between the lines, Steph. No, that means get to a good club because you could be something. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't think he's done enough to, to warrant being part of that squad. No. What happens if they get a couple of injuries and then he's got to play? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, fuck, what do I do? <laughs> I, Look. Daniel Saifiti was injured. There's a guy with the you know virtually 100% genetics the same as him who yeah. probably would have been a better substitute. I don't think Newcastle's playing this week, are they? Uh, no, they're not. Well, why wouldn't they, they? You talk about like for like. What about the guy's twin brother? Mate, it took an injury to get Finucane in the team. Like, that's... You know what I mean? It's anyway. Yeah, look, look. I, I, I'm not going to argue that <clears throat> because the guys that had been there to, did the job. Correct. But we're talking here about someone who's going up there to be part of the squad, get a feel for it. And if, yeah, if, if there is an injury, then okay, step up. But mm. Stefano hasn't even, you know, there's been a lot of times when he hasn't even made the Tigers 17. Nah, true. So I think Jacob Saifiti might be sitting back in Newcastle thinking, hey, what about, about me? Yeah. You know, he's, he's moving pictures. He's Shannon Knoll. He's moving yeah. pictures. What about me? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it isn't fair. Oh. I've had enough and I want my shit. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> he's had a blowout. <coughs> yeah, oh, I've, got, I've got sweet... Sweet chilies and sour cream, uh, red rock jelly. <laughs> Look, interfering with my singing, and I can't uh, shake this cold. It just won't go away. It's, it's quite annoying. Uh, again, I apologise, listeners, for the coughing and spluttering throughout the uh, the podcast. But anyway, bottom line: Muriel, get better. Rabbitohs, uh, they'll be disappointed with their second half. Yes. Yeah. They really did take their foot off the pedal. And um, that scoreline of 38 to 22 did not reflect at all the difference in the two teams. So 
I think uh, Coach Bennett would have been quite disappointed um, with what the Rabbitohs dished up in the second half mm. uh, against uh, against Muriel. Nah, and <laughs> of course, uh, <laughs> plenty that would have grabbed uh, people's eyes in that game. But I'll tell you what, Griffo, uh, let's have a look at what grabbed your eye for Griffo's grab. <laughs> Playing to talk about there. What grabbed your eye this week? Well, Graham, I've mentioned before that I do um, generally like to pick something that I um, I had seen uh, sort of live, whether it be on TV or, or at the game. But um, so this I've gone for the Queenslander. Or so we thought. I'm talking about the one and only Ronaldo Mulitalo, who, um, you know, the poor guy, uh, <coughs> a sort of a half lifetime dream to represent uh, the Maroons, uh, turned to tears. Uh, but uh, he did catch my eye um, representing the Sharks. Um, where he got a ball in his own in goal and, and uh, did a massive job to get out of his in goal uh, with a lot of defenders involved. Um, and then in the same set of six, uh, the Sharks got it up to the other end of the field and he threw this amazing sort of hook-like ball over his head um, in field. I can't remember who got the ball but they uh, they scored a try from it so um in a week where things didn't quite go to plan for the would-be queenslander um uh, he did catch my eye with with that performance um during that set of six where he did some amazing stuff and he's a really really good player um so Perhaps the Maroons' loss mm. might be the Kiwis' gain down the track. Could be. <coughs> um, as we talked about before, honourable mention, um, and, and I didn't see this game live. I, I sort of heard the second half on the radio, and then I saw the highlights later. But I was so impressed with the efforts of Jason Saab scoring lengthy yeah. tries and... Um, yeah, so uh, Mulitalo gets the grab this week. Yep. Honorable mention, Jason Saab. And that's a pretty good turnaround going from gaff to, to grab. Um, and I think, was it uh, Connor Tracy that might have gone over for that try? Uh, it could have been grab. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know. I, who he scored a couple time? on the weekend. Uh, he's another bloke. I know I've talked about him a bit. But he doesn't get much uh, talk in the mainstream. He's been, he's been a really, he's, really good for yeah, this year. Yeah, and I think it's worth mentioning because the Sharks have just said, okay, mate, slot him where you can and uh, and do a job. So, um, yeah. I think of... they've got him at six this week, Graham. We'll get to yeah, that well, later on. But uh, I, I, when I had a look, uh, I think yesterday when the teams came out, yep. they've got him slotted, on, slotted in as a 5'8". 
And that's, we'll, we'll talk about it in a moment, but yeah, that's actually uh, the position that he played uh, coming through. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a chat about that. But, you know, the Sharks, as you said, there's some good signs there, but uh, just not quite uh, getting the job done. And whilst we see a lot of good signs in teams, sometimes they, they bugger it up. And uh, that's basically why we have a segment like Graham's Gaff. <coughs> Okay, so this week, Graham's gaff. Um, believe it or not, listeners, I'm not flipping sausages in Shell Harbour. We've got an on-field gaff, And, um, look, I think a lot of people who were watching the game at the time realised, gee, this is a bugger up. And uh, one of the people we often talk very highly of on the show is the recipient of this week's Graham's gaff, and that is Adam Reynolds. Um, Griffo and I were talking off a off air earlier about this one and I even think at the the time when the game was on Griff you messaged me to say how bad the Tigers defense was and um look he, he went through untouched the only thing that touched Adam Reynolds was the the dead ball line he he ran the ball dead put the ball down and had his foot on the line it was a no try um which which makes me wonder Griff you got about 10 metres of in goal. Why don't you just fall over? Why do you run to the dead ball line? Is it like... I mean, it was a brain fart, but geez, I get the feeling that if he was playing the, the Storm and it was 12 all, he wouldn't have made that mistake. I guarantee you he never will again, Graham. Yeah, you learn more from a bad experience than a good one, don't you, mate? Yeah. yeah. Um, first of all, I don't think we're going to see Adam Reynolds go through a gap like that again too often. No, and, uh, he's not the type of halfback that just slices uh, defences open like that. No, but I think he really Especially did have the Brisbane that Broncos time. next year. <laughs> yeah, I think he had that try, post-try celebration in his mind. Mm, um, and it was yeah. a pretty good one. The only problem was it wasn't a try. True. Um so it was just a celebration. Um, but uh, like I, <coughs> I mean, I, I was sending you that text before the try was um, disallowed, but I said, you know, I think I think they'll cover it, you know, even though yeah. they, they gave up a try there, but, which shouldn't have happened. And they did. They, they scored still, a few. They should have. Oh, it was bad. It was a bad, bad mistake. And uh, you don't expect that from a guy of his experience, but um, it's something I'm sure that he'll not forget, and uh, it'll be in uh, you know any sort of bloopers. Oh, that could you still... imagine if they still had the old wide world of sports? You'd have old mate hitting the uh, the the gymnast that used to hit the bloody vault at the yeah. start of everything that the tallest man had a laugh with, and then you'd have. You like you know it's look you, you can have a laugh of it and all that sort of thing but as you said I think a lot of the players were thinking about the the post try celebrations and the current promotion yeah. that's running with that. I um, think that's the sort of game it was, Graham. That you know they thought they were going to dust him, yeah. and he was taking yeah. the piss. <laughs> and that's and, what it was. That's what gives me the yeah. shits that he was he scored this try. Um, He's like, look, we'll score 10 today. We'll beat them by 50. We're having a dick around. And that's what bothered me. It was like, you got to take care. And it's those 
you know, you hear the, the cliche all the time. It's the one percenters. It's that last little, you know, icing on the cake that, um, yeah, just wasn't there. And I think that's, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm getting a bit more fired up about it being a, being a Rabbitohs fan. That's the type of stuff that Panthers and Storm fans don't have to put up with. I mean, it, you couldn't imagine a Cleary or a Pappenhausen no. doing anything like that. No, you can't. And um, but in saying that, I couldn't have imagined Adam Reynolds doing that either. But but oh, he did. Yeah. Now he's on the. Um, now he's on the. I think the happiest list. happiest guy about that <coughs> was uh, Moses Embai, who yeah. was the guy that let him through. He was oh, the turnstile for the moment, just wasn't a he? Horrible piece of defence. Yeah, yeah, I saw the replay. I, I couldn't believe how quick he, how easily he went through, and it just. There's just some poor reads in defence. Oh, going back to the Tigers, their their defence is shot. Therein lies um, one of the reasons why Muriel is Muriel. <laughs> You're terrible, Muriel. Oh, well, look, we've got a big week of footy to look forward to this week. And just to give people um, an understanding of the um, the state of the nation that is the NRL going into uh, the next <coughs> round... Um, I will go through the uh, current NRL ladder and then, oh, it looks like we've got a special guest joining us. Uh, currently, position one, we've got, we've got a special guest here. Uh, Storm, 28 points uh, ahead of the Panthers who are in second on 28 points. Uh, obviously, for and against, keeping the Storm ahead. Uh, we've got the Rabbitohs in third position on 26. The Eels, fourth on 24. There's a four-point gap to the Seagulls, who are sitting in fifth position on 20. The Roosters also in 20. Another four-point gap back to the Dragons in seventh, who are on 16. Uh, The Sharks are in eighth on 14. The Knights also on 14 in ninth. And the Cowboys also on 14 in tenth. Titans and Warriors hold positions 11 and 12 on 12 points, as do the Raiders on 12 points in 13th, with the Tigers on 10, Broncos on 8, and the Bulldogs on 6 in 16th. Special guest, Shana, what are you thinking at the moment? How are you? Welcome aboard. Hey, how are we doing, everyone? How's things? Welcome, Shana. Uh, going great, mate. We've, uh, Jeez. we've uh, reviewed last Big round time. in depth. Uh, just had okay. a chat about yeah, the letter. We've had a sure. we've had a grab. We've had a gaff. And yeah, do right. you know what? It's very timely that you come on board because okay. normally you're the person we talk to <laughs> about the tidbits. And was... I'm thinking you might have a few, uh, what well, just a few comments are about uh, certain things that are going on in in wow. rugby league. Um, we you talked a lot. The Lord don't get personalised number plates. That's the first thing. Well, we've talked a bit. We've talked a lot on the field. Um, let's yeah. talk a bit off the field now. Mm-hmm. Look, the the elephant in the room uh, is flipping so- sausages in Shell Harbour. What are you mm-hmm. hearing about what went down at Vaughan's place? Yeah, weekend at Vaughan's. That's out. We've already yeah. had our. Yeah. Uh, wow. um, look, sorry, we should let you know. We've had a new segment. We had the movie review. It's uh, Weekend, Weekend at Bournies. It's the yeah. reboot of um, Weekend at Bernie's, and it's sponsored by Paul's uh, Party Supplies at Shell Harbour. Okay. Um, <coughs> I'm bewildered by what happened, but, yeah, um, 
between Corey Norman jumping out the window and Jake DeBellin hiding under the bed. Uh, and the well, wags Vaughan, running down the street. Vaughn's gone. Um, there's a lot of mail, a lot of late mail today. The um, South Sydney seems to have paid a bid for him. Um, it could be in light of a swap involving De Bur- George Burgess. I heard uh, Sewers getting, might be uh, on the Dragon Sewers, radar too. Sewers, yeah. Sewers definitely uh, someone who's probably not going to be there. So when you start where there's smoke, there's fire. And when you've got two South Sydney players that are being linked to um, St. George and yeah, I, I just can't believe it. Like it, it, it's insane. Look, I, I was doing the math. That was a $700,000 party for him. Now I've, I've never really gone on any massive bender or, you know, like I've never had a weekend where I've gone, wow, um, that's a lot of money blown. I would have thought a $700,000 weekend would look a lot better than what he produced. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's insane. It's, it's just, um, it is what it is. I, I think that the dragons did the right thing. I think they've, they've put, they drew a line in the sand and said, you crossed it. Um, Corey Norman tried to run out, down the road and forgot he left his car with personalized number plates there and Jake DeBellin under the bed and who they're going to field. It's it's the biggest thing this week is going to be Vaughn and his management are going to look for a club. Uh, it's going to be on pittance. You'd think, um, uh, as I said today, the big mail is South Sydney uh, with two South Sydney players who are off contract looking to go there uh, mid-season something maybe I don't know I, I you know I, th- I think you've got to take your hat off to a club like St George for years we often felt sorry for Canberra who did the same you know Canberra used to bin people for what they did you got to take your hat off for them because you know St George aren't in the position to lose a guy like that mm. and you're a line in the sand and say nah you're gone Look, I don't know what, yeah, sorry, I just entered the conversation. So I don't know what you guys spoke about before, and I don't want to uh, bore no. people with going over past uh, stuff you might have talked about. But I, I look, he's, um, got, he's got form. I mean, this is a bloke as He does the second look, and that was the thing. Um, you know, he a lot of people. QR were, login at a cafe. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of people were unsure, like, you're going, oh, you know, he helped. The sexting issue a couple of years ago got raised again, and 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 that was the that was one of the nails in the coffin. They just went, well, it just seems to be every time we look around a corner at the moment, it's in something involving you. So we've had enough. And um, um, from what we understand, Griffin was a big part of going to the board and saying, look, this is not the culture you want to create. I'm not saying I'm the coach that's going to be here for the next ten years, but. I do know that I can help you create a culture that's no nonsense, that, that gets results. Um, a part of that is this guy has to go. So, Yeah, and that's, that's sort of in line with the culture. I was going to ask you guys because, I mean, for example, Griffo, the, the Dragons, a lot of people are going to say, oh, this is not a good look. We've got, uh, I was going to say half a dozen, but a dozen, you know, we've got a lot of first graders uh, breaking the, the rules here. 
the first instinct from um, from fans that want to be critical is there's a there's an issue with the culture at the Dragons. Now, I, I saw James Graham talk about this, and he said the culture's fine at the Dragons. He said, look, if you if you're talking about culture, it's the it's the regular ongoing um, you know processes X Y Z. He said this was sort of a you know, you're trying to derail the culture with one afternoon. What, I mean, what do you say about that in the sense that we've got, you know, so many blokes that were willing to, to, to go to this barbecue and break the, the stay-at-home orders that the government's put in place? Okay, firstly, um, I, I'm not making uh, going to make excuses for them. Um, they're idiots. Uh, in saying that uh, I do feel a little bit for them in that it's not the crime of the century Um, (laughs) it's not like you're on TikTok with half a dozen birds during COVID was it Griff? no you get two (laughs) weeks for that um I'm but, taking the Mickey, but you know. Yeah, what I, mean. I know. It's, I know you it's, are. It's a laugh, like. I think any of these COVID breaches, um, I can't condone any of them. They're all, no, you know, they're all stupid for what they've done. Um, the reality is, I dare say that there've been a lot of other things that have probably happened that we just don't know about. Mm. Um, yeah. And and that's that we're talking about human beings here. Um, like I make mistakes every day. Yep. But my mistakes are not front page of the news. Or, you know, the newspapers is not first story. I just think, um, yes, they were wrong. Um, they're idiots. Yes. Vaughn's got history of making mistakes and I do support the Dragons in the action that they took because he's got a history of making mistakes. It's not a first offence here. Mm. I do (coughs) feel for the guy in that, you know, everyone wants to lay the boot in um, and... Uh, on a scale of of what some humans do to other humans, having a barbecue or having your mates over for a barbecue is is uh, is very low on what I would say is a scale of offences. Um, Can I add something <coughs> to that, Griffo? Because I was a bit the same. Like I was thinking the same, and I thought about. I thought the problem here in what really didn't sit well with me was that at no stage did a couple or, or, you know, say to him, don't do it, mate. This is not Mm. the time. Okay. We've beaten the, we've beaten the, the warriors. We know what the warriors have had to do to, to play football. We know what we need to do to play football. This is not the time. This is not the place. It was good win. It, it, It was golden point win. We should be happy. You know, I, I always say, like, you, people out there know we're teachers, right? And I always say, if I'm in a car with 
with one of my mates. If I was in the car with one of you guys and, and you were speeding, I'd tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, you might want to slow down. And I do that for a number of reasons. Number one, I care for you. I don't want you to get pulled over. I don't want you to get fined. I care for everyone else on the road. I care for the fact that if you lost control and heard someone speeding, I know how you'd feel. I know you wouldn't want to live with that and the repercussions that, of that. That's what I think is really crappy in all this. It's not one of them said as a mate, this is not good do not do this this is not right this is you know we've had a good i won't come over because i don't want to put you in a shit position look look, you know what you know what this is not the time this is not the place reconsider what you're doing we're not above the law we're rugby league players but we're members of the community the biggest problem in this is that whenever anything happens involving rugby league players the wider community out there gets on their high horse and says, oh, yeah. oh well, they they want to get away with it because they think they're above the law because they're footy they're players. They're invincible. And you, and, 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 you know, that happens all the time. And I think, you know, funny, like a lot of, that's what's come out of a lot of this. And I think it just took maybe four or five of those players, just one of them to say, don't yeah. do it. This is not the time. This is not the place. Yeah, we'd love to get together. The team we just beat, Leave in Australia because of all this. Mm. Let's show a bit of respect to that. I don't know. A good friend of the show, Justin, he sent a message. Um, our brother, he sent a message sort of saying, geez, that's a bit, you know, these guys are getting, getting having a party and have just beaten. Now, whoever they beat by one point, they beat. But the thing is, if Chad Townsend could kick a field goal. They might have might not have been partying. How about how about wasn't the commentators going off their tree saying it was an English moment? The guy can't count. Kicks yeah. it, they win. Right, but they lost by the one. Thing, and that's the thing that really in all this sits doesn't sit right with me is that you're meant to be a team. You're meant to be mates. You're meant to be together. Mm. And not one of them had the as men. You know, like, nah, this isn't a good idea, mate. Let's, let's daily basis to, 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 to get boys and turn them into fine young men. Yep. And there wasn't one man amongst that crowd that said, hey, this is not a good idea. Let's not do this. You're putting everyone in jeopardy. With, this is not the time nor the place. We've won a game of football. You know what? In four weeks' time, when all this is over and we can do this again, let's do it then. I'm going to ask you boys a, a tough question here. And I'm leading to somewhere. And I, I just like your opinion because I've got a follow-up. <laughs> mm. Paul Vaughan. I don't want you to talk about off the field. I want you to tell me on the field. Talk to me about Paul Vaughan's form this year. Compared to where he is. Like, this is a former Origin player. Tell me right here, right now, what sort of form Paul Vaughan's in for the Dragons. Prior to <laughs> well, I think he's been okay. I, I don't think he's... Is like he an dollars player? No. Now. No. And, and look, when we do the special edition, we're, we're going to find that most of those guys who are on the big cash are not delivering. So he's not, uh, he's not Robinson Crusoe there. But I think he's been okay. Look... Um, but I think, I think it, it's convenient that for the Dragons that they're getting rid of him because he is on that amount of money 
and there was an option in his favor yes. which he'd taken up yeah you saw where um, i was going there yeah so yeah. <laughs> i actually heard him interviewed on saturday um i was driving to my daughter's place to go for a walk not to have a party but to <laughs> we did go for a walk just to clarify that you're allowed we up to 10. <laughs> yeah we're well, gonna watch the dragons. Game. I did go there for exercise. There's only four of them. Oh, it was a great walk around. We're Muslim, on but... Zoom, by the way. Yeah. Um, yes, we're not having a party, yeah. but uh, anyway, I was listening to it was, it was on Triple M. Uh, it was it would have been around about in between twelve and one, I'd say. Um, so it's possible that that interview might have been conducted while <laughs> at the, the barbecue. Yeah, and he was in a very jovial mood. He was happy, you know. And he comes across as a, as a you know, just a, a good guy. Knock oh, uh, about a good bloke you'd have, yeah. love to have as a mate. Um, so, look, he, he's made a mistake, and he's he's bearing the brunt of it. Um, and he's he's yeah. owned it, too. I don't know if you guys saw yeah, the I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 he's, that was he's very for him. Yeah, yeah look, he, he deserves... He deserves the punishment he's getting. I'm not saying he doesn't. No, he's him. But what I would say is that some of those other guys are getting away with getting off they quite lightly off with one week. week. They got off a week. <laughs> this guy had his contract torn up. No, I'm this is now. Yeah, this is the point. Players, oh. The two players that should have gotten should have got the showers of crap thrown at them. Corey Norman is lucky. Only he's identified lucky by his wallet what? that was left on the yeah. barbecue. As he's lucky with all his right. The other one, the other one, you know, is is, is Debellin. Obviously. Well, they tried to... Debellin, uh, like, I'm not... Look, okay, the guy was innocent. We're all got, okay. Well, yeah, but they tried to hide him. That's not a good look, mate. Under the bed. You're hiding under the Far bed. Out. I've got form. Hide me. Look, so the point I'm making like, here, they should have gotten, they should have gotten the full uh, rap yeah. on top. Like the people that, that that were there, put their hand up and said, "We're idiots." Can I be yeah, honest what? with you? I've seen. Blokes... I thought they're two players. <laughs> they should have got. They yeah. should have got the book thrown out. I'm not. I'm not trying to stick up for Paul Vaughan here and all this. We've we've established he's done the wrong thing. All that. Like I don't need to labour the point. The point I was making before, and I think we've touched on it in a roundabout way, is he he had those sanctions by the NRL. We know he's got form, but I'll tell you what, if this was, say, uh, I don't know, Nathan Cleary at Penrith, they're not tearing up his contract. I reckon Paul Vaughan in this situation, I know he's got form, I know we can't condone it, there's X amount of strikes, we know... He had the other situation, the sexting, yes. he's. But what I'm saying is, he's an $800,000 player who, in my opinion, wasn't delivering $800,000 no. worth of quality. Can, can I... I can think I, this was an opportunity for the Dragons to yeah. go, let's, let's, let's get some... Can let's I, shed some dead wood and some cap money here. I think I, it was an out for the Dragons. I think if that was a... I mean... Mate, yeah, if that was a yeah, Graham, Graham, yeah, Graham, 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 
they've they've come good in the last probably four or five months. They've they're not they're not as dour as they were last year, but they need some significant sponsors and some significant sponsorship money behind them. Uh, so yeah, they don't the want to be associated. Action of what with, they've yeah. done, the action of what they've done, is going to is going <laughs> to show far more steel. The Illawarra side of things, no uh, pun intended. In, in what they get, no pun intended. But no, it is. It, they're going to now, they're going to now get far more from this action. Yep. Okay, they've cut Vaughn away. Can I be really honest here? Do it. They can pick up a guy like Vaughn on the market for the same money. Like right? They can pick up anyone that does what Vaughn does. Oh yeah, yeah. For, for less. Money, for the same money for less. Less. Right? Eight hundred thousand. They've just that's shown halfback money. They've just that's shown themselves. Money. They've just shown <laughs> to be strong. The spons, the potential sponsorship that will come from this is going to save the St. George Illawarra Dragons. It's going to really push them forward. In the new reloc- in the relocation, I've just sort of preempted what I'm going to say there. In the new side, the, the second Brisbane side, because of this new COVID thing, they want a side in Brisbane. Did I say Melbourne? Sorry. The second Brisbane, Brisbane side. Yeah, Brisbane. The second Brisbane side, they want a side there, but the new COVID thing's probably going to put the dampener on, on, on another team. So they're, they're pushing for a side to relocate. One of those sides, now we were told that any side that went to a merger was safe. They were, on the fringes, years ago. they were on the fringes of being told, hey, you might have to think about this. This has saved them. This one act has saved this football club in more ways than we can imagine. Not only have they cut the dead wood of Vaughn away, they're going to get sponsors. They're going to get a lot of moral high ground. They're going to be seen as the strong club like Canberra, who who used to do this. When Canberra did this, Canberra fans used to pull their hair out. The thing with Canberra was they were financially safe because all their financial backers, all their sponsors went, thank you. We've got the no dickhead policy. We will invest in you because we know you're safe. Mm. This is what St. George has just done this. I think it's a masterstroke. Look on more on more ways than one. Look, right. speaking of speaking of players moving to new clubs, um look the the real question is how's Vaughan gonna go at the dogs? Because they seem to be the, the team that signs everyone. I mean, where does he end up? Well at the moment, the big male is South Sydney. It'd be cheap. No, like, I, think, I think he's a good player. He's a good player, but he's not an eight hundred thousand dollar player. Well well and that's what the, the, money, the Dragons the knew. And when today, it hit the fan, that was 800000 we can write off. Apparently, his management has said today he'll play anywhere for 400000 I think, um, and, and that's, I think that's a good price. That's, but that's good you've money. you've got to take into account. <laughs> you take into account that he's still got an eight-match suspension. He's got eight matches, that's right. So, and and you know what he's he missing, has to be he has a lot of the be, season. Yeah, that's right. And Griffo, it takes him to the end of the match. year. That takes you've him to the a, end of this year. You've made no, a no, no. I think it. Oh, oh go on for his next have, season. He doesn't have a club now. 
True. So now his contract's up. Rico's made a very good point. Nine next you have year. to have a club. Yeah, good you point. have to be selected to, to, to fulfill those. That's right, because so now that he's not club, under contract at the Dragons, he can't sit out the next Dragons. Yes. So what they're saying, and this is the big problem with Vaughan. So when he goes, I'm on the market for 400000 that's 400000 next year. That's a full year's and worth. So if he gets... Pro rata. <laughs> Pro rata. Well, if it he is. gets signed, if he gets he's signed today, it's if he gets signed today, season. if he gets signed so today, he's playing, he's playing for nothing. He knows this year's for nothing. If he got signed by a club today, it's he, he's, he's not getting play a again this year. He's not getting a cracker. He's not playing, but but he can he can now he can now do the suspension. He will play at the start of next year. And at the start of next year, he'll be on a four hundred thousand dollar contract. What's that's his heritage? Mass- is he? That's a massive fall from grade. He, he has any... played for Italy. Italy, okay. No, yeah. I wasn't sure if there was any uh, UK background because I wasn't sure if the uh, Raiders would be played, interested. The, the last because they uh, love a good British player. Well, they used to. Uh, yeah, uh, we, we said that before. <laughs> they got to stop buying British players because it's just blowing up for him. Just before we move on. Uh, I agree with everything both of you have said, but I, w- I would take it a step further to, to what Shane was saying in terms of, you know, it looks good for <coughs> the Dragon's image that they get rid of him and whatnot. But yeah, I would ask the question, why did they not do the same to Jack DeBellin? Um, mm, because he's a good was, pl- I, I can answer that. Player, I can answer yeah. that for you, Griff. If they did the same to Jack DeBellin, because Jack DeBellin wasn't actually convicted of a crime, technically he could have worked. So what happens is under the NRL's new thing, if you're cited for something like this, you can't play. No fault. You still have you still have to be paid because he's because it, we're we're guilty, we're innocent until proven guilty. By if they didn't, if they did the same thing to Jack DeBellin, Jack DeBellin and his legal team could have taken the could have taken them and the NRL for um, unlawful dismissal. And but I'm not saying anything in relation to that, Shane. I'm just saying in relation to, to this incident here. Oh, to here, I I tell you now, if it was me, I yeah, was, you're talking about blokes I, I, I agree strikes. With you. I agree. I, in in regards to this incident right now. I would have said the same thing. He, but do you know why, Griffo? I agree. Do you want to know the bottom line? I agree. They look uh, forward and they say, so much faith in you and you repay us by hiding under the bed. Do you know what it is? Someone else had to say, dob you in. I'm Fellas, telling you now, I would have torn up that contract in a heartbeat. Do you know what it is? And it always comes down to it in rugby league. <laughs> they look at it and they say, what am I paying you? How good a player are you? Jack DeBellin is a good player. He can repay what we're what we're paying him. Vaughn's not an eight hundred thousand dollar player, so he's out. If Jack DeBellin had been back for yeah. say ten weeks yeah. and was playing like poo, they would have punted him. I'll tell you. At what, the end man. of the day, it's about having oh, good players. They know I'd he's a good player, so... so they don't want to let him go. It's no more high ground. They want the best players on the field. I would be so angry with that man. I would be so angry with him. And as a football fan, I am. That, oh. that you know, he... Okay, he's he's not guilty of what the other stuff. And that's... Okay, that's fine. That's what the courts are for. That's what the legal system's for. 
But then you do this, you hide under the bed. You then need <laughs> someone else up, to it? say, go and dob yourself in. That's just grub. That's, that's grub. And I can say that now because the police investigation's over. It is a grubby act from a man who was given everything by the NRL, the St. George Illawarra Dragons, and the fans. I, I agree with you, Griff. I tell you now, better men than me, or better people, I shouldn't say men, better people than me are on that board because I would have grabbed that contract and torn it up. Yeah, he's a huge money I'd probably have no just cause, and I probably would have cost the club, and, the, and, and on the board, governance would have come in and I would be in trouble. But, geez, I'd be so angry. Because <coughs> you, if you'd put your hand up and said, yes, yeah, sorry, I'm here. Yep, go with the do the police thing. whatever. To hide under the bed and just be grub. This is why I, I well, firstly, I think, you know, if they were fair income, they would have got rid of him as well. But nothing to do with his past, only to do with this incident. And then yeah. the deception, etc. How does he only get one week? I know he copped a bigger fine. That's because he's on more money than the other guys. Corey Norman is another guy. <coughs> he's on the Herald. Yeah. The Herald Hall. Um, like, yeah, I, I, I think that those two in particular should have, have done a much more severe I would have said, suspension. I would have said you're not playing for the rest of the year. Oh, but we may not make the eight. I don't give a fuck. Those are NRL suspensions. Um, and we haven't heard much from the club. No, the, the club, well, they, they sacked Vaughan, but they also yeah. did impose extra fines, um, which were undisclosed amounts, but to go to charity. Um, which I don't mind, actually. I like it. <laughs> I, I have a big problem with with the one week for all the other guys. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Some of them were up front yeah. and others weren't. And they no, knew exactly that, what they were Again, doing. I'll get back to Cleary last year. Yep. Who got two weeks for basically not oh. being honest because originally he was getting nothing. And then when they found out, you know, just the same with DeBellin. He hasn't been honest yet he only cops a week. Yeah, um, I agree with you, Griff. And i tell you why. Because playing football is the key element in all this. Playing football is the bread and butter. They get paid to play. When they play, they invest in themselves. Cleary couldn't do that for two weeks. I think these gentlemen... Look, I think these gentlemen... Definitely Norman and DeBellin should have gotten more than a week. I think, I think yet again, and we've talked about this on this show and, and we're broken records when we come to this, yet again, it shows that the, the um, judiciary and the people that do this are out of their depth. They have no idea. They're inconsistent. It's a chocolate wheel. We've, we've made the joke. And, and, and the chocolate wheel came around that everyone else got a week. That's the fight. 
They got it right. They got it right on Vaughn. They got it wrong on They got it wrong on DeBellin. Yeah. And yeah. probably they got it right on the other guys. But um, either I, way, I, I, I'll, I'll say this: <laughs> no disrespect, Griff. I actually think they got it wrong because <laughs> I think they all should have gotten two weeks because that's what Cleary got. I think yeah, they all should have got two weeks, and then Vaughan and Norman got more. I I I I thought when I saw a week, I went, "That's weak." I know they got fined money, and it was three hundred thousand, and and that you know, I'm taking the NRL here. I'm looking at what the NRL have done. I honestly thought that that they should have gotten at least two weeks in line with what happened to Cleary earlier on this year. And that Norman and DeBellin got more and Vaughn, well, the sky's the limit. I, I, I was very surprised when I saw a week. I, I, I think in the interest of fairness, they should have got that. And when people say, oh, but where's the deception? They know what they should have done. They've been briefed by the NRL. They've been spoken about by the NRL. They've been spoken regarding the bubble. They knew exactly what they could and couldn't do. The deception lies in the fact that instead of going home, they did this. And that, and that's when people talked about Cleary, the deception was, oh, you know, whatever he said, regardless of what he said, the deception was he did it. Deception in this is he, they did it. It should have been two weeks, but I... Yeah, I, I just and it's the same goes to bloody Canterbury and their bloody shenanigans, like they're the same. I think I think they're the guys that have gotten off the lightest. Bugger all's happened there. I think if you break this game, relies on people doing the right thing. We're at the point now where New South Wales we're in our third week of stay-at-home orders or lockdown, whatever the hell they want to call it, right? If a club buggers this up, we could see the competition suspended. We do it not want, It could have ruined the competition. We do not want that. That's the biggest implication. So this is the thing, like... It, that's why it's it. selfish. Like, like, you know, if someone said to me, You've got to do this for your job. You've got to do this for the for the organization. You've got like I'd do it. If it was in the best interest of everyone around me, I'd just do it. Canterbury and St. George could have wholeheartedly buggered the competition. And that's why I think Canterbury guys got off lightly. Anyway, we're laboring the point. I don't know what we're up to. I anyway, there's there's football this week. Um, yeah, like, look, as you said, there's plenty off the field. We could talk about it for days. We don't have any answers. We've just got opinion. And to be honest with you, it's it's just one of those situations where we, we, at the end of the day, we just want the footy on the field. And it was something that we hadn't talked about yet until you hit on it, Shane. The whole thing that frustrated me when I heard about this was, this could bugger the NRL. This could mean that there's no 100%. football. I honestly thought... That's, honestly that was the biggest thought. implication for me. New South Wales Health can say, stop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the stop. thing is, too, 
you what stop. we forget is we've got nothing. Mate, people go, we, oh, Abdo, or people go, Volandis. Yeah. New South Wales go, look, stop, middle finger. Yeah. You stop. We watch, we oh, watch. Wow. I'll be honest with you. The last couple of weeks that we've been in lockdown, 11 a.m., I've had the news on watching. Oh, you know, yeah, what's the numbers today? Yeah. You know, but, but the thing is, too, what we've got to understand is the people that are making those decisions regardless of what they might say that they're not hardcore diehard rugby league fans like us the perception from them is we're asking the general public to do the right thing and these blokes from this damned football club yeah, you know are what? buggering it up for everyone 100%, that's Graham. what's that it's you know not what frustrates good. me if i was new south wales health i'd go well if they're the guys well, buggering it up yeah let's stop it I can these, fix that in a heartbeat. And these Over. are the clowns. These clowns that are having the barbecue Over. on the weekend are the same mob that want to have 80,000 people at a game on Wednesday night. Well, that's not well, going to happen. Idiots. Idiots. Yeah. Anyway. Buggered it for everyone. Anyway, there's some footy this week. So, do you know what? Bugger it. Let's talk some footy. <laughs> All right. Oh, there's the whistle. Oh, there's the kickoff. We've got some footy this weekend. And it is... A condensed round. Um, we have Thursday night football this week. Uh, it's, it's spread out quite well. We've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Thursday night football this week. We do have the Manly Seagulls, as Griffo and I talked about earlier. They are flying high. They're coming up against the struggling uh, Canberra Raiders. Now, there's plenty of team news, as you'd expect, with the Seagulls, because we do know they have uh, players that are out with Origin. Their superstar, their number one player, uh, obviously the number one on his back, but also number one in form is Tom Trebojevic. Uh, he's going to be out. So Ruben Garrick's going to go in a fullback. Uh, M- Moses Sully's going to come in on the wing. Uh, Dylan Walker, he's been promoted to the starting side in halfback this week, which does seem a little bit odd to some of you uh, who follow the rugby league, but with Daily Cherry Evans out on uh, Queensland Maroons duty, you could imagine that they need someone to fill that uh, void. Kate Cust, who's uh, more than capable, he's going to come in on the bench. Uh, back rower Jack Gajeski, he's been named in the reserves, but he's coming back from a foot injury, so it's definitely something to keep on, um, you know, keep an eye out for. Uh, in regards to the Raiders, uh, Xavier Savage has been named at fullback for them. This week, in place of Bailey Simonson, he's got a toe injury. Uh, Matt Frawley's going to get the nod at number six. As we know, Jack Whiten has been selected for the Blues. Uh, He'll partner Mitchell Moses in the New South Wales team. Emre Gula moves from the bench into starting prop with Josh Papali'i and Ryan uh, out, and Ryan James coming onto the bench. Uh, Hudson Young, he's back into the side uh, for Whitehead. Uh, Whitehead's got a couple of injuries there. Uh, facial cut in the shoulder is what they're telling us. Um, look, you throw this game out round one this year, you back the Raiders hard. But I'll tell you what, Shano, Griffo and I, earlier on in the podcast, we talked about the form of the Manly Seagulls and how they're going. They're down on troops this week, but the Raiders just aren't what they were. It's at Brookvale. What are your thoughts? The Raiders are just insanely poor. Um, I can't 
I, I look, I can't believe the fall from grace they've had. Um, I, I, I was trying to put my finger on it, <clears throat> and I just can't do it. Like I, last week I chose the Raiders with confidence, and and they just, they just don't look like a football side at the moment. They look disjointed. They look uninterested. That the the key thing for me with the Raiders is they look uncoached, which I I would never have said that about them in the last two years when they beat Melbourne in that in that in the final series and and it was a coach's win they just they just trumped them on everything and I can't believe what I'm watching out of them. Uh, and saying that, Manly are flying high at the moment. They are, they are absolutely playing well. They're using the right players in the right in the right areas. I think in this show we said it about eight nine weeks ago. Getting Saab involved more will, will, will aid that 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 attacking potency. It's done that. Uh, he is lightning quick. He's the fastest man in the NRL. Um, Getting the ball in his hands all of a sudden attracts attention now. Um, I, I, I look, the thing is, they've they're, they're without their linchpin, they're without the person that seems to just add so much volume to this side. And Trubojevic, um, I'm picking Manly because I just can't pick Canberra at the moment. Five weeks ago, I'd be picking Canberra because, because. Trevojevic just adds something that that's that's mystical with this side, um, but Canberra have regressed to the point where they're playing some horrendous rugby league. They're playing the brand of rugby league that just that's just not it's not anywhere near the top eight. Let alone it's it's bottom four football. They're making fundamental errors. They're 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 missed tackles. There, you know what? I had someone uh, talk to me the other day, and and they they, they questioned me because I said that the Canberra Raiders miss a lot of tackles, and they said, yeah, but when you look statistically, Canberra Raiders don't actually miss a lot of tackles. I said that's true because technically, if you don't make an attempt to tackle, it's not a missed tackle. <laughs> um, so and that's Holes Canberra. In the line don't count. They're, they're, they're just their line is a shambles. It's it's like Swiss cheese. Their line has got so many holes in it. Expensive, and they're not. They they are not communicating with each other. They are a mess defensively, and I honestly think at this point in time that that they are a bottom three side defensively. They're coming up against a side that is absolutely on fire and attack, and and without Trubojevic, I get it has a lot of it i know the bottom three is is harsh i'll put it this way they're better than the dragon they're better than the the bulldogs they're better than the um broncos defensively i don't know who next they're better than they might be they might be better than the tigers muriel Oh. Muriel, yes, we call the Tigers Muriel now. <coughs> I'm Muriel. They're, okay, they might Do be. You know why, Griffo? Because you're terrible, Muriel. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, then. Then, then, then the fourth worst side. 
But they're the fourth miss, the But you talk about the missed tackles, Shane. Defensively, defensively, they are horrendous. Sixty-five. They, are, they missed sixty-five tackles last week. The, the which means the they threw an arm out. Good on them. But do you know what? When you look at the actual tackles made, they missed about twenty percent of their tackles. Which means Graham. Far Graham. Which out. Means that last week, to their 65, credit, sixty-five. That's six and a half sets of missed tackles. Graham. To no, be ten, to, to that's fair, ten sets. To be fair, <laughs> and and look to their credit, it means they actually threw an arm out this week. Because oh. in most weeks they don't miss that many because they don't throw an arm out. They are, they are awful. I'm picking Manly Griff. Mm. Look, oh, oh, just going to you, Griff. Uh, I just want to ask your opinion here because it is an Origin week, and we've got to be considerate of the impact that Origin has now. Meatloaf said two out of three ain't bad. Um, the Seagulls have two out of their entire 17 out. I mean, that's not bad either, but given the fact that Shaboyevich and Cherry Evans, does that have a massive impact? Do you see... Um, yeah, do you see Origin being a, a major factor with, with this team out? Because we talk about them being a turbocharged team. Um, it's a good point you bring up, Graham. Um, I, I do agree with pretty much everything Shane O said as well. Um, what I don't think we're going to see is a massacre um, with no Tommy Turbo and no DCE. Um, flip side of that for the Raiders is there's no Jack Whiten and there's mm. no Josh Papaliti. Um that's not to say Jack Whiten's in good form. He's been dreadful, but I, I think we see a manly win, but not a huge win. Like, we're not going to see, well, I don't think we're going to see like a 40-point victory. Like, um, you know, <coughs> I think manly still win pretty comfortably, but not huge. Um, for me, it's manly. Um, I just can't see myself tipping the Raiders too often for the rest of this year unless maybe they're playing the Bulldogs um, yeah so uh, they're just dreadful um, so it's it's manly for me Manly's got enough in this one Shane oh yeah, yeah Manly's in yeah look I, I tip Manly as, as I said it's, it's one of those funny things where look as I said this game happens in the first couple of weeks you guys are still laughing at me for having Manly in the eight and the Raiders are the team to beat, but they're the disappointment of the of the season. And even with those uh, players out, you've you got to go Manly in this one. It, it, yeah, I can't see anything happening here but a Manly win. All right, moving on from Thursday to Friday night football, and we have the South Sydney Rabbitohs, who were expected to be at home at Stadium Australia against the North Queensland Cowboys. But given the current uh, stay-at-home uh, instructions from the uh, government, this game has been moved to Newcastle. Um, so South Sydney taking on the Cowboys, 7.55 Friday at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. As we know that South Sydney are impacted by origin. They have five players out. Um, 
Latrell Mitchell is on origin duty. Blake Taft has been named at fullback. We've seen a little bit of Blake Taft this year. He's one of the youngsters that has been signed uh, by South Sydney. They've got a few youngsters that have been signed in the recent uh, year or so to cover halves and key positions um, coming through. And uh, the other change we know is Braden Burns will come into centre for Dane Gagai. Hamasele is going to move to lock. He's going to cover for Cameron Murray. And uh, Tom Burgess is going back into the starting team at prop. Jane Sewer gets a recall into the back row whilst Jai Arrow is out. And Benji Marshall is going to start at hooker for Damian Cook. Patrick Mago and Peter Mamazoulis is the new face on the bench. Now, I mentioned that Benji Marshall is at hooker, but Pete Mamazoulis, keep in mind, he is the uh, heir apparent to the number nine jersey. He's been signed in uh, recent months for an extra uh, few years. So uh, he's basically at the moment for South Sydney, the player who they're expecting to take place of Damien Cook once he's done. Uh, other other news, we've got Jackson Paulo. Some of you may remember he's played a bit of uh, first grade for South Sydney. He's in the reserves list. He's coming back from a wrist injury. Keep in mind also that... Uh, Josh Mansour is there in the reserves list, so a uh, few options in the back line, which uh, you wouldn't imagine that they would need. Um, for the Cowboys, Assi comes in at the back for Holmes, who is on Marone's duty. Um, uh, Lemayu is also coming in for the Hammer, who we haven't talked about in the podcast so far. He is one of the new players in the Queensland Origin side. We've got Cohen Hess starting at prop with Burr on the bench. Uh, Gilbert also joins the bench with Molo on Origin duty. I'm going to throw it to you, Shano, first of all. I'm going to ask you a bit of a tough question because um, we've got a couple of players this week that I want fans to keep an eye on. There's five South Sydney players missing. But Blake Taff at fullback and uh, Mamazoulis in at number 17. He'll play a lot of the game at um, the hooker position. These are youngsters that have been signed by South Sydney long term. They're the next generation that are going to come through for your Reynolds, your Cook, so on and so forth. Um, good opportunity for these blokes to show what they're made of going forward. Most definitely. Blake Taft, I'm, I'm a massive fan of. This guy can not only run, he's got a brilliant pass on him. So he's he's out of a typical fullback mould. One, one, look, okay, I'll, I'll, lay it on the, I'll lay it on the table because people are going to be listening. Some criticisms, if you want criticism to begin with. Uh, he probably doesn't, he hits the line hard. He's probably not the runner that you'd want from a typical fullback. I think he's a bit like Latrell Mitchell at the moment, where Latrell Mitchell's skills in attack are really good. I'm saying this, mind you, I thought some of the things he did on the weekend were were better. He's not like like your typical fullback run full tilt and get you out of trouble. Um, That's to come. He's not big enough, I don't think, yet. That's half the problem. Ball handling, passing... Is, is is phenomenal. This is a guy who is a lot like, and 
I'm only saying this because I'm trying to draw a parallel for people. He's a bit like Darren Lockyer in that he's a guy who could start at fullback and work his way into 5'8". He, he has those skills. He's probably not the kick. He doesn't have a he doesn't have a kicking game, which in the modern era a fullback tends to have that. But definitely can pick the gap. Brilliant hole runner. Hands are phenomenal. Close to the line, he's very dangerous. He's already got a try assist in the NRL. He he can attract danger, and I think that's that's the that's the thing with South Sydney is that. Will the Cowboys lay off him because they don't know him? And if they do that, he runs the ball so hard at the line, he he could look, he could score a couple of tries on the sheer fact that they ignore him. He's that kind of player. Um Mamazoulos, he will play. Yeah. He won't start. And I'll tell you why he won't start, because you got the super coach who's not going to let a young man like him start the game. He's going to be watching the game from the sidelines. He's going to be understanding what his role is. He's then going to come on. He is a fantastic hooker. He's not like Cook. He's not this blaze out of dummy half run. He is a brilliant tackler. He's he's very good ball player. He's he's on uh, the his passing game is phenomenal. He he can kick out a dummy half. Um, if I had to liken him to someone, I'd probably put him in the Robbie Farah uh, mold. I was almost going to say he's a young Benny Elias. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that <laughs> kind like of that, isn't he? that kind of probing, that yeah. kind of probing person out of dummy half. That he's the kind of guy who you'd lay off because you don't know what he's going to do. And all of a sudden, he's not this explosive run out of... He's nothing like Cook in that regard. He's defensively just as good. He's a more typical number nine. He is a traditional number nine. The only thing he has is he can kick. His kicking game is so good. He he can punch a 40-20. And he's he's the kind of guy who will do it. He will punch a 40-20. If I, if I look at a modern guy, he's a lot like Reed Marnie. He, he, he's, he's, out of, he's, he's like that Reed Marnie type of player where lay off me if you want, I'll go through, but the passing game is on point. He's, he's got some skills. I, they're two players, and, and everyone knows my allegiance, they're two players I really wanted sewn up. But this is if they, if they went elsewhere, if they went elsewhere under the right coaching conditions, they'd come back and hurt you. But this they, is, they, that would be accepted. This is the core of that 2019 mm. Premiership winning flag team yep. where you had um, Elias and the best side Taff in the halves and uh, Pete Mamazoulis yes. killing it in dummy half, which. Oh. Was the reason why Mamazoulis was? And I know you know you say what you want about international football, but Mamazoulis he's a he's he's a he's a Greek international. He, they were the guys, like 
you know, when people talk about this side uh, or that 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 side, and people go, "Oh yeah," but it's you, mate, they were they were the best side by country mile. Yeah, they're, they're, they're and, and they and look, I'm not saying that because I go for that club. I'm saying that because look at the stats. Yeah. Now we've got we've got sides like the great sides like the Roosters. You got sides like 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 uh like Penrith, um, Newcastle. These sides that that just specialise in winning these competitions, and South Sydney blew them off the park. And these were the players that did that. When these players, did, I, I I look at the reason why I think of these two guys is I wind back the clock and I go back to when I was watching it at St Mary's Oval, and I was watching people like Adam Reynolds in this, or people like um, Nathan Peets. Hmm. You know, these were the guys where you, that these were the guys where you're going. I, I remember Latrell Mitchell. The first time I saw Latrell Mitchell was Harold Matz, and he was the best player by country mile on that field. And, and you know, like Jake Trebojevic, uh, Tom Trebojevic. These are the you watch these guys. The, there's something special back then, and these guys have it. And I think what okay, they're not going to come out on the weekend and score points and I don't I, I think that wasn't the, the the point of your question the point of the question Graham was how good could these guys be they can be phenomenal the fact that they're going to cut their teeth yeah uh again uh, Taft again this weekend by Missoula's this weekend you're going to see you're going to see on Friday the future of maybe this club and the future mm. of these players and I think when I, I love that I love watching. I remember watching Cleary when he was young. I remember watching Luai. I remember watching. These are guys that were brilliant, and you, you know, you got to applaud that. I, I remember they watching Dugan play for the twenties, yeah. and everyone, everyone yeah. hated him because he was that good. He was just that good. Yeah. And I think that we have to understand that here's two players on the weekend. Taft's already played a small amount of football. He's got a, you know. He's going to attract some attention. If anyone's going into this game thinking that South Sydney have players out, they're no hope. I'm telling you now, these two guys, yep. given the right conditions, can shine. Yep. I only hope they get the right conditions. Yep. South Sydney still have their halves. Um, they've only got their halves because they bombed the best audition they're ever going to have. I thought they were horrendous last week. Word is uh, they were in until, until about four o'clock Sunday. Well, well, I'm telling you now, Adam Reynolds' try was 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 a joke. And the fact that he hasn't actually they come out. They got the that, that's I, I'm telling you now, that cost their for and against. Mm. He scores, they're, they're demoralised. They go on and win by far more. Griffo and I talked about that earlier, Shane. About it was an attitude thing we talked about. Oh, it was just piss tape. Yeah. I, I, I thought that's, it was a joke. That's, that's how and I you know described what? it. I pay my money every every year to that bloody club. I don't treat that as a piss tape. When I march for that club, and incidentally, what is it? It's the anniversary of us coming back in. It's only just started. True. Well, yesterday. That's not a piss tape. I'm telling you now. That was a joke. Hmm. Don't treat it like a joke. If you're going to go, go now. The, Bugger the, off. Because the, I'm 
Because I'd rather have someone that's going to contribute and do the job and do the thing and be a part of it. Like, you know what? Like, it's, it's funny. Whenever we verse anyone that we think we're going to be, it's all fun and games and everyone's laughing. And you, what, what, what did my it's head in was the only two people that had a crap attitude on the weekend was, it was the halves. Yeah, they thought they had the job done. And look, you know, to be what, honest with you, I saw, I saw, I saw Latrell Mitchell throw the ball on the ground when things weren't going well, and they were up by a country mile. The only two that treated it like a joke were the halves. They had the perfect audition to wear the Blues jersey, and they buggered it right royally. They better not bugger it for the rest of the year. Yeah, and look, to be honest with you, that's why you're seeing blokes like Blake Taft. He's he's extended to 2024. Mamazoulis, 2023. He's not in the side this week, but keep an eye on him. Uh, Lachlan Ilias, 2023. That's the future he's of South Sydney. He's another guy. He's the position this week. Lachlan the, Ilias is the only guy this week I feel for. I thought yeah, he, he could have had it. He could have had a crack. I, I look. And I just he he and Taff would have been the could have been the house. Given uh, different origin signings, uh, 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 call ups, I should say, not signings. But what I'm basically saying is, you got these young rabbitos you're talking about. They're signed long term. They're the future. The... I don't care what look. I don't care what anyone says. South Sydney, 15 minutes in, should have won by 50. Yeah, we established. Yeah, South yeah. Sydney were on track to do that. Yeah, it was. It was Adam them, Reynolds was over the line. Possibly. Adam Reynolds trips over the line and scores that try. Yeah. Tigers demoralized. Pressure's on. The problem is, and I'm, look, okay, everyone can call me horrible what I'm about to say. I'm going to say it. He is one player that has never understood the fact that if you, he's a guy that can, that can kick people out of submission. He's a guy that can build pressure. Yet, he's never understood scoreboard pressure. We they go for they go for goal and he misses it. There was a there was an attempt at bloody penalty, which he should have slotted every day of the week, which didn't happen. You can kick it a bees, you know what, in from the sideline on the right hand side. Yet when it's five meters this side of the upright, you miss it. Hmm. That, okay. Yeah, you can get 15 repeat sets. Everyone's happy. It's about points. And that's the good clubs. Penrith get it. The Storm get it. The Roosters get it. If you build point pressure, it's over. Dropouts don't count unless you score points. And that's the problem with South Sydney. South Sydney have never got it through their thick skull that they need point pressure. And yet again on the weekend, it was a perfect example. I'm going to dick around, go as deep in the goals I can, do this swim and pretend I'm on a surfboard. Do you know? Who was I impressed? try. Who was I impressed? What? What? Do you reckon John Sutton? Hey? Do you reckon John Sutton went, oh, yeah, when I go, yeah, when we go surfing, yeah, we, we, that's there, we're worried it was. Is that an initiation? 
Was that something to get into the into the bra boys? Was that some sort of thing that we missed? Score the try. That's all that matters. Look, strangle oh. the opposition. You win the game by fifty because you know what, South Sydney, your for and against isn't good enough. You stuff up a couple of times, and you will finish fourth. You do the right thing, score some points, start putting point pressure on the opposition. You can finish second. You can get up there. But when you dick around, like, oh, we get the two points. I'm sorry. We get the two points is the mindset of everyone else. It's not the mindset of the Melbourne Storm. It's not the mindset of Penrith Panthers. And at the moment, it's not the mindset of the Parramatta Eels. They're the people you're, com- you're competing with. Start competing. They should have beaten that side by an absolute mozza on the weekend. And saying that, pound for pound, they're going to win on the weekend. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot to digest. I'm going to throw it to you, Griffo. There's a few things that are... Uh, I, know, I know Shane's dissected quite I a bit I think we're calling that officially. We're calling it a <laughs> I was going to say, fair dinkum. I actually want to ask you a few that questions. That <laughs> that's, that's a fair right. rant, mate. Uh, you were, you were... I'm telling you now... The He's still going. My TV doesn't have the fact my TV got a schooner glass through it is is a testament to my and the nature. and the only reason that is the is because meditation works. No, do you know the only the reason? Works. The only so reason your TV they, doesn't. Oh, they 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 tested my patience. I was going to say, way. mate, the only reason your TV doesn't have a schooner glass through it is because you drink pints. Now, I want to ask Griffo a question. Now, back to this game. Uh, All right. Look, we've talked a lot of South Sydney. There's, We do have the Cowboys. Now, uh, I'm going to throw a lot at you, Griffo, and I'll let you have a chat. Okay. But first of all, we've got five out for the Rabbitohs in Murray, Cook, Gagai, Arrow, Mitchell. Mm. But on the other side of things, you've got to understand, the Cowboys, we don't hold them in the same esteem as the Rabbitohs, and they're, they're missing Molo, um, the Hammer, which is a uh, um, a new in for the uh, Queensland side and Val Holmes. Um, the only other thing that I can pick out of this game for you to have a bit of a chat about that might be funny is uh, the touch judge. I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name, but his first that name Ziggy. is Ziggy. Ziggy, and I'm thinking, yeah, Ziggy. is this guy? This guy's got to be a South fan. Like, is he? Is he like a Ziggy Niscott? You know, namesake. Um, look. Oh, he's he's been running the lane for a while. This guy, Ziggy, because yeah, he's the PA. Anyway, yeah. look, what I want to ask you, I is... think he's got a beard, Ziggy. He's, he, I think he's one of the premium touch judges. He's often there. He's often there. Yeah. We don't give him enough credit. And I'm the butler's asking, on the look... other on the other side. The butler sometimes has yes, a whip. Chris Butler. World's tallest touch judge. Mm, big bloke. Look, we know South have five players out. Cowboys have three out. Um, look, they've still... And look, even with three out, they've, they've got a condon on the reserves. Yeah, that's not going to help them. That. And look, the only thing that's raising them up is the helium on the interchange bench. Yeah. Um, oh. What do you make of them? Well, look, I, I was uh, looking. Use a condom forward. when you're raised. I just want to check that. 
I, I was hoping the plastic boys would be together, uh, the balloon and the, and the condon. But uh, unfortunately, it's we just got the balloon actually taking part in the game. But he hasn't been there for a while, the balloon. But he's, he's no. good. Look, the bottom line is this cowboy side was uh, going all right for a while there. And then they let Clifford go and, and they brought in Dearden. And since that time, we've seen a decline in the Cowboys' performance. Um, I, I, and it gets back to this whole mid-season uh, chopping and changing of players. I don't like it at all. And I think the Cowboys have made a big, big mistake. Um, Clifford was just starting to show some really good form. He and Drinkwater were forming a really good combination. And and then he's out and Dearden's in. And, and I don't think it's been to the benefit of this team. Um, they're on the downer, the Cowboys. A lot of people thought, I talked about flavor of the week or flavor of the month. Well, they were flavor of the month about going back about four weeks ago. And they looked on a, on a path towards, you know, making the eight, but I don't see that now. Um, yeah, they, they started the year really badly and then they came good and then they've gone bad again. And, um, I think they get big <coughs> reasonably easily this week. Um, uh, I, I'm I'm all with Souths here. Souths, yeah. even though they got you know a lot of quality out, as you mentioned, got five players in the Origin. I think four for well three for the Blues and and two for the Maroons. Uh, well, the Cowboys have got three Maroons. Uh, I just can't see anything but South Sydney victory. Um, Drinkwater was in scintillating form, but his his forms dropped since Clifford left. Uh, they got the Dijon back at, at fullback there. Uh, he's a pretty handy player. They've still got Javid Bowen in there, and, and when I see him in there, it doesn't inspire me, I've got to be honest. Carl Feltz out of origin because he was out of his depth there. Uh, he's back. He's rocks or diamonds. Can do some good things at club level, but... Uh, I just I can't see anything but a South win. I, I don't mind the look of the forward pack for the for the Cowboys, and they got decent bench. But I just think uh, this game's going to go to the rabbit holes. Uh, Brad Fittler did them a big favor by not naming Walker and Reynolds in the Blues team, mm. um, and there's a, they, they still got a very impressive forward pack. Um, I just think it's rabbit holes, Graham. Can't see yeah. anything like that. What do you think? I'd, I'd say Robidoux all around here. Um, <coughs> that's a big game for the war- the Cowboys, I should say, in the sense that they can get back in the eight. But even with those players missing, um, you 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 still like South. I mean, you got you got a South team that can that can still have blokes like Josh Mansour not make the team, and the depth we talked about in previous weeks is a is enough to say that, you know, they can cover those positions. And Shano talked in depth about those young guns, so you've got to be pretty keen on CS this week. I think just on... Game over. 
No, I was just about to say, I think the Panthers made the right call on Josh Mansell. Yeah, and that's the thing too. He's... <laughs> well, you look at that list we we're talking about next week on the uh, the special edition. Oh, he's, oh, oh, he's still on decent coins, so yeah. Look, it, it's a depth signing for South. Uh, the fact that someone like Tane Milne has yeah, you know, we talked been about really him good. earlier. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, we know young Jackson Paulo is trying to push into the team. Um. Yeah, but you you Brian, you've really got to set them. You got to set the 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 uh the world alight to uh to 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 get in. Still a good looking backline for the for the rabbit tools. There's points there. They win. Yeah. Yep. Uh, moving on to the game we have on Saturday, uh, we see the Canterbury Bulldogs hosting the Sydney Roosters at Bankwest Stadium, seven thirty five p.m. Uh, for the dogs, we know that they've had a um, a bit of team news in regards to the COVID isolation. Um, look, overall, Corey Waddell comes into the second row. Katoa replaces Jeremy Marshall King, who's suspended at dummy half. Uh, we've got Shoot replacing uh, Manu at centre. Napa's in for Siamana Fungi. Um, Stimson is promoted to the interchange to partner with Dell in the from the interchange, I should say, to partner with Dell in the second row. Topine going back to the reserves. Dury is going to miss this week due to his head knock. Um, look, big news really for the Roosters. Uh, Victor Radley, we talked about him about oh, six, six weeks ago probably. I think he had about five weeks out due to suspension. Uh, he's back in at lock. Uh, dummy half Ben Marshke has failed to make the 20-man squad. Uh, Leo moves from number 13 to the second row to take place of Crichton. We know Crichton's been selected in the origin. Uh, Billy Smith is uh, making his first appearance. He hasn't been in the side for a long time. Um, he had that knee injury. Uh, Joey Manu is going to cover for Tedesco at fullback. Uh the interesting news that I see when I look at the uh, the team is the fact that Joseph Sawali is not in the 17. Um, he's never seen, in the 17. He's never yeah. in the 17, but he plays. So I'm just saying to Roosters fans and those that are playing at home, um, whilst Joseph Sawali is not in the 17 this week, keep in mind he could end up being there. Ikevalu is on the wing after being relegated to 18th man last week. So... You never know, that could all be changed. Um, Manu taking the number one spot this week for Tedesco. Uh, in other news, Drew Hutchinson um, swaps places with Lachlan Lamb after making his return. So we've got Hutchinson in at number six. Uh, Lamb's on number 14 this week. Nat Butcher and uh, Ben Thompson are going to replace Baker and Saluka Fafita. Uh, Baker's in a... Yeah, that's right. We've got the Baker. I think there's uh, got to be some missing fingers on the bench, Graham. with two butchers there. <laughs> that's right. We've got a couple of butchers. Uh, the, book, the, the Baker's in isolation, obviously. Uh, he's Go either on. come in contact with COVID-19 or some dodgy yeast. We're not sure, but uh, I'm hearing he's in isolation. I still want to see that candlestick maker get a start. 
We're looking for the candlestick maker, Griffo. Uh, look, this week, uh, the Bulldogs coming off that massive loss. I feel like every week I'm throwing to you and telling you that the Bulldogs have come off a massive loss. The Roosters aren't what they are. They're missing a few troops for Origin, but fair dinkum. Uh, they're a top eight side coming up against the absolute pretender in the Dogs. You'd imagine that the Roosters would be highly favoured in this one. Yeah, they win. I, I'm going. Put, I've already put them down as my uh, joker this week. The Roosters. Um, as the joker. They got my. Yeah, it's agree. funny that like last week they got smashed forty six nil, and this week. True. I'm gonna, yeah, we talked about that. With their the form's not Melbourne. great, but there's there's a very different opponent they're coming up against to the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. I know they got a lot of these guys that missed last week because of the COVID uh, infraction, but yeah, I, I don't care. They're still crap. It don't matter who. <laughs> it don't matter. Yeah, they could have true, their best one to seventeen. They're still gonna lose. They're they're a they're an ordinary football side. You know, like more was expected from them. New coach, new players coming in. New sponsor, you know they were expected to do better. Some had them pushing for the eight this year. I didn't, I didn't. but I didn't oh, think they'd be this geez. bad. I didn't think they'd be this bad. Nah, I, they're actually I worse than they were last year. I thought they'd be better than this, and they're horrible. <coughs> well, Shana Griffo and I talked about earlier that the uh, response from um, Trent Barrett at the press conference last week was "f me." Uh, how would you sum up the Bulldogs? Because if the coach is summing it up that way, surely, you know, sh- I mean, it's it's not good, is it? Well, you know what? This time last year, at least they had a good uh, completion rate. They don't have that anymore. They've regressed. They've, they're a team that, you know what? They're a team that in the fundamentals of rugby league have regressed. And the problem is the players that you'd think would help them with this have not helped them in the slightest. They've, you know, they've got nothing. In regards to their playing roster, in regards to what they're doing on the cap, you know, like they could spend a truck ton of money if they wanted. The problem is right here, right now, they can't. And they've got nothing. They're trying to play solid football, and even that's failing them. I, I last, you know what? I was a, I was one of these people that thought they'd actually do better, and I thought they'd do better for for one reason. Last year, their completion rate was outstanding. That they they, they 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 had the discipline to to hold the ball. They just didn't know what to do with it. I thought. You know, with 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 a with a half that can kick the ball, I'm not saying they're going to win games, but you know what? They don't have the they don't have the love for the ball anymore. They don't have the love for football. They're dropping the ball. That they've regressed as a side. They need to find something and find it quickly. I agree with Griffo. It's my margin this week when I look at the yeah. When I look at when I look at the the, the the Roosters side, I just think the fact that this side is coached the way they are, with the players they've got, with the people they've got, they will absolutely strangle the dogs. 
The dogs are a team that have no that have no discipline. They don't they don't have value for the football. They don't value what they do in attack or defense. And I honestly thought that this I look, I'll put my hand up. I'm someone who last year said that with Barrett and with the side, they will be a better team. They will be able to do something. You know, this idea that, that the Bulldogs say, oh, you know, well, we don't really have anyone. We've got young players. We don't really have any talent. We've got to buy some talent. We've got to... Rubbish. Because you've regressed. If you took the side you had last year and made it better, I'd believe you. You haven't done that. And you know what? If it shows that you've put this side that you inherited in the bin before you began, well, I'm sorry, you're not the coach I want at my rugby league team. There's a lot going on there. And they need to fix it and fix it fast. It starts with the coach. The buck stops with him. The coaching, the coaching staff, a lot to do there, Graham. That's why they're my joker, the 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 roosters. I, I think um, you look at this team and, and guys that have gone there from all the sides, they're worse than what they were when they were playing with somebody else. Like, 100%, um, Griff. Corey Allen is a classic. Could not agree uh, with you more. He's an or- he, he played Origin. On fire at, at the Rabbit Holes last year. Corey Allen, there were, there, were people, there were people that wanted to do the same thing they did for, for um, Johnson. Oh, Johnson. People, yeah. wanted to, people wanted to start putting up petitions, petitions. and save him. Is, is the... Is the... I know it's been a little bit of time now, but realistically, and it, it's fitting that they're playing the Roosters, Dylan Napa, like, that he's a player that stands out when you talk about this type of thing. <laughs> well, Roosters got rid of him. The Roosters were keen to offload him for a while. But he's a we're, good player. He was a good player. We're seeing yeah. why. The Roosters wanted to get rid of him. Halfway through his contract, they were shipping him round. And we can see why. I'm I'm surprised, boys, that the Bulldogs haven't done a Paul Vaughan with Napa, mm. um, and said yeah because he was part Good. of that stuff that went on. He's on big money there. He's not. He's you can count on one hand the number of good games he's had for the Bulldogs, and you would have thought, right, here's our chance to get rid of him. They did try. Yeah. eventually to try and, and, and swap him with Matt Burton to get Burton in um, because the Panthers were interested initially and, and then the Bulldogs said, no, we're, we don't want to lose Napa. And then they realized oh, what a mistake they made and then, and then they tried to say, well, look, you know, we'll do it. We'll do it. And the Panthers said, no, sorry, boys. We're keeping Burton now. I remember, I remember when all that happened. I said to some people, some people said to me, what's your thoughts? And I said, my thoughts are this. I think that the, the, I think that the Roosters are one of the best clubs in the NRL. If they get rid of you, 
and can't find a reason to keep you, there's just cause. Yeah. That was just cause. I, I, yeah, I, I have no idea. You look at value, what value Burton's added to the Panthers and what value Napa's added to the Dogs. When you're a player that can't add value to the Dogs, you're in trouble. That's true. They don't have much value to start with, do they? You're in trouble. So pretty fair to say we're all tipping the Roosters and yep. I think all three of us probably have the Roosters as our margin. Yep. 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 No. Fair call. And, uh, yeah. I'll pen it in all your sheets, boys. Thank you, yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Put it put it in because uh, I'm terrible at remembering to let you know. But Roosters for the margin and... Um, yeah, it's uh, you got to be um, pretty game to tip the uh, Bulldogs this week. Well, given that we only have four games this week, the final game is going to take place on Sunday, 4.05 p.m. Uh, it is going to be a home game to the Sharks. They're going to take on the Warriors. Now, in regards to team news, we talked earlier on in the podcast about the fact that Matt Moylan has been missing for the Sharks. It was a um, a significant impact for them. Griffo pointed to the fact that Connor Tracy, who has been good for the Sharks, will move into that 5'8 position this week with Will Chamber, Real Chambers returning in the centres. Uh, he missed the uh, Brisbane game. I think that was due to, was his wife going to have a, a child from memory? Um, but yeah, that, that, that from memory was the issue there. We know that Trindle, who was in the halves, he's going to go back to the bench um, and Hiroti's going to go to the reserves. Uh, for the Warriors, um, we know that Reese Walsh has a hamstring injury. We also know that, uh, well, Matt Lodge, we haven't talked much about him. We might talk about him in a moment uh, <laughs> in the situation regarding Matt Lodge. Um Look, he's going to be one of the changes in this Warriors team. Um, anyway, look, we've got Reese Walsh coming back from that hamstring injury. He's going to uh, move to Avasa Sheck to the wing. Um, Kane Evans going to the interchange bench. We've got Lodge at prop. Um, Look, Nikarama is the other player who they've been talking about as, um, you know, a bit of a concern. He's named in the halves. He's likely to play. They reckon he's going to be good to go on Sunday. Jester Vega has been promoted from the bench to replace Tohu Harris with that shoulder injury. While Sirenan swapped places with Murdoch Masilla. Katoa's been named in the second row. Uh, he didn't finish last week's game, but they're confident that he's going to play. Um... Look, the ultimate hokey pokey for me. You're in, then you're out. Chad Townsend, um, he's injured. out yeah, he's with injured. a shoulder injury. Yeah. So, yeah, you got uh, Nick Arima and O'Sullivan in the halves. Berry's going to replace uh, Pompey in the centres. <sighs> I need to take a breath there. Look, we've got Reese Walsh back at fullback. Um, Matt Lodge into the team. This this Warriors team, they seem like they're getting a player each week, Griffo. Oh, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, 
it's got to stop. This this movement of of players between clubs into July is just wrong. Um, I this Warriors team, I tipped them to make the eight before the season started, and. And you guys they, are laughing at me, Tipper Manly. We weren't <laughs> laughing, but... Um, they've been disappointing. They, they have been disappointing yeah. in that they've lost games that they were over the line, basically, other than the, the, the hoot are not gone, and they should have won. Um, some of the decision-making of Warriors management baffles me um you look at their interchange bench they've got four props on the bench like they've brought in lodge they've got fenua blake kane evans lisa armal buntia foa ben murdoch masilla did someone not tell them about the rule changes this is ridiculous. It's not as if he's a ball playing forward either, Griff. Like, like it's a joke. Yeah, it's madness. It, it's. I, I can't understand the decision making. Like Nathan Brown's not a dumb guy, but some of the decision, and he's the coach, so he's got to have some input into the guys that they're buying. I know Gus Gould's involved with the Warriors and. They've got uh, Peter O'Sullivan's their head of recruitment. How many props do you want? Like, having four props on the bench is just stupid. Now, in saying that, they might win. I don't think they're going to win. They've got a guy there who's got a, a, a zero percentage win for 2021 DWZ they signed in for 800 grand a year there is another absolutely stupid decision on the behalf of Warriors management that guy is not worth half that money he's a winger and you're paying him 800 grand what other winger in the game gets that much money it's not even good. Yeah. He's a mistakeathon. If I was a Warriors fan, I'd be absolutely ropeable with some of the decisions they've been making. Um, I can't understand it. They're, they're, they're just like the West Tigers. You've got 30 people you can have in your top squad. You want to have about five props at most. These guys have got nearly 10 props in their 30-man roster. Like, there's other guys who aren't playing, like Jermaine Tanua-Brown is another prop who's out at the moment. I assume he's injured. You can play two. Maximum you want to have in your 17 is four props in that rotation. they got six. And, and, and that doesn't work with the, rule, with the rules as they are. Now, as I said, they might win this game. It's possible. Why you've got Roger Tuivasa-Shek on a wing 
baffles me. As good a player as we're saying, Walsh is saying, you want to play Reese Walsh in the top in the back line, stick him in the halves. Yep. Well, put said that. Rima, How many weeks? to half back yep. and Reese Walsh to 5'8. Sean O'Sullivan to be <sighs> first grader. How many weeks have we said that, Griff? Uh, it's just diabolical, their decision making. Like, as I said, they might win this game uh, and, you know, and, and make me look like an idiot. Well, good luck to them if they do. But I tell you what, they might be in a position to win this game and find a way to lose. And the losing starts with their management and the ridiculous decisions they've made in recruitment. Although, uh, what I will say, Reese Walsh, that was a good decision. DWZ, stupid decision. Lodge, I don't say he's a bad player, Lodge, because he is a good player. But you've already got about six props, seven props in your roster already. The last position they needed was prop. I don't know how much they're paying Lodge, how much Brisbane are chipping in. But to me, it was not a problem. Props were not a problem for these guys. The halves have been a problem for them. Put Walsh in there. I, I, I want to see Cronulla win. I'm going to tip Cronulla. Um, I say that, but and, uh, Chambers is a big in for them. I am worried about them without Moylan, but they've been in good form. I didn't think they played badly last week. They were beaten by a Bronco side who were at their absolute best. Uh, Sharks run these guys around. Um, these six props that the Warriors are playing, and you win this game. Uh, Shane O. Oh, yeah, I agree. <coughs> um, I'm just found my, <laughs> my apologies to everyone. I just found my notes. Of course, it's uh, NADOC week this week, mm. and the Guigal people of uh, the Sharks, they're going to definitely win. I had the, I had, I had this all written down, but I didn't want to use my. Uh, Use my memory because I knew I'd do disrespect to everything that uh, that it stood for. So um, at the end of this, I'll go through the different people and the nations that are represented this weekend. Home of the Bid uh, Bidjijal um, people at Nestra Jubilee, and of course the Warriors are known as Atroa, um, the people of New Zealand. I, I've got sharks. I can't add anything more, Griff. Just, it's just like I, I, I think the sharks are going to win this. I, I think the New Zealand Warriors are continuing to be a shambles. Any team that puts a guy like Roger Tuivasa Sheck on the wing, when this happened, we 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 were talking about this on the podcast, and we we said, oh, you know, and I think we brought it up openly and discussed it. We said, oh, well, yeah, in defence, in defence, he might be on the wing, but in attack, he'll be fullback. That's that's dissipated. He's, it's almost like he's, he's an outcast now. He's he's the best player you got. Throw him in. We've spoke about where Reese Walsh has to be. If this team wants to continue as it is, it's got to improve. It's not going to improve. We've got, I've got the Sharks, right? Just yeah, I can't add anything. You got $800,000 on one wing and a million dollars plus on the other wing. 
Mm. Yeah. Joe, we, we've, we've said it week after and, the week. And the, the, the fullbacks, the fullbacks probably the form player. He's good, Walsh. Dog, he's bloody good. But put him in, put him into the halves. Nickareem mm. at a seven, Walsh to a six. See how that works. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone. I don't think we'll be uh, on the podcast crying foul that O'Sullivan's missing. But look, um, going through the Sharks team, I'm not going to labour the point and go on. But we know we've talked in previous weeks about Kennedy, the form he's been in. We know what Chambers and Ramian can do. We're fans of uh, Ronaldo, regardless of his allegiance. And uh, I've been talking for months about the fact that Connor Tracy's actually a half. Um, I like the Sharks team. I think they'll get the job done. The The Warriors, for me, are one of the disappointments of the year. And to be honest with you, I know I keep saying this every week, but um, if the Sharks don't look at the ladder this week and see... Some of the teams that are below them in, say, the Knights and uh, and and company that had the buy this week. If that doesn't motivate them to want to win, then nothing will. I think that the safe bet this week's going to be the Sharks. Yeah. Well, that's this week of footy preview. There's uh, four games to look forward to. The NRL yeah. spread them out rather well with a Thursday, a Friday, a Saturday, a Sunday. And, um, Graham, in in light of NADOC, we actually had yep. this written down, and I don't want to give uh, – I, I hope I do everything justice here. actually had down on Thursday the Seagulls, the Gayamal and the Garyal people versus the – Nugawal people at the Gayamal and Gayamal peoples at um, that would be at Brookie at on Friday the Gadigal Rabbitohs uh, up against the Wulguru Kaba people and now that oh, now it's changed and I've just quickly had to Google it it's the our oh, South Newcastle our back our back old people. Um, at McDonald Jones Stadium, the Bidjigal, uh, Bedigal people up against, of course, the Roosters, the Gadigal people, um, same as the Rabbitohs, same place. Home to the Parramatta Gal people. It sounds like Parramatta because that's it, because it's at Bank West. And we said the Gewell up against the New Zealand Atoroa. So, um, yeah, in NADOT week, I think it's always important that we um, acknowledge what we, what we have here in Australia. It's a beautiful country and the people that stood before it. Uh, we are blessed to live here and uh, we're blessed to have such a rich culture and history that needs to be acknowledged. So my apologies that yeah. um, I didn't have my notes, but yeah, all good. No, sounds good. And there's a bit to look forward to this week. Um, yeah, we've got we've got a game each day for the four days that take up the NRL weekend. Good thing. Good we've thing. Got, we've got yeah, Origin, which uh, will be taking place in Newcastle next week on Wednesday. That's plenty to look forward to. As we said, we're going to look to early next week, possibly bringing you a special edition with a origin preview, and we'll also have a bit of a chat about the top 100 paid players in the NRL. 
Um, plenty to look forward to. Another good week in rugby league, fellas. And uh, 100%. Well, we look forward to... Uh, Got a bit of late breaking NRL. news here. Uh, what you got for us, Griff? Well, I've got a, a sign-in that I'll <clears throat> apparently happened today. Uh, Isaac Liu from the Roosters is heading to the Gold Coast Titans next year. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, they, So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, and that's, uh, yeah, it's on the NRL site there. And it's, it's that's official. placing uh, hmm. maybe looking at a big downgrade in some of the contracts. I was, was going to say, there's a way to like degree, eh? Tyrone Peachy uh, and yep. uh, Ash Taylor might be on the way out there. So, Bit of number uh, crunching on the coast. I don't think that's a bad signing, actually. He's a pretty no, good signing. Solid player, and that's what they need a bit of solid about them. So, uh, yeah, so there we are, strengthening their forward puck further. Plenty uh, for them to look forward to. Nice. And um, look, I'd imagine this, this week we'll be looking forward to um, some of the top teams trying to cement their position, uh, seeing what the Seagulls can do without Turbo, the Rabbitohs without their stars, the Roosters looking to cement their spot. The closest game of the week, fellas, is probably going to be the Sharks versus the Warriors. You'd think so, yeah. but um, you just don't know. I mean, uh, you know, those six Warriors props could score two tries each, and it could be a could be a massive landslide to the Warriors, but I don't think it's going to be. Can I, can I just add, I think the big games of the world, <coughs> the Bunnies, because everyone else around them has the bye. Yep. So that's important uh, for them. I think the Sharks are the same. The Dragons have the bye, and so do the Knights. So they're two teams, I think, oh, that really are under the... It's crucial. They're under the... the, they're under the they've got the blowtorch this week. And um, is the it, teams around them have the buy, so they have to turn two points in this week. Is it a, is it fair to say if the Warriors get done this week, we can put a line through them? Pretty much. We're getting close yeah, to that. I, I, be I a think, long way back. I think I got a pencil line through them already. Huh? Yeah. Can I also five. add same with, as the Tigers. Tigers have yeah, won five yeah, games, and they got the buy this week. They're gone. Muriel, sorry, my apologies. I should refer to them by their rightful name of Muriel. But the thing is, too, um, this shows where the Warriors and Raiders are. The Warriors lose this week. The Tigers have the bye. They're on the same point. There's a a massive divide there. I reckon you could just about throw a line through the teams that are 12th and lower on the ladder. If the Sharks... Can I just say, if the Sharks win... If the Sharks win, they're mm-hmm. 16 points. They're, they're for and against isn't as good as the Dragons, but they've solidified that. They've matched the Knights. They then put a break because the Cowboys are on 14. They're going to stay. And we, we, assume that, we, we assume that the Cowboys yeah. are going to lose. I think that that now is the line that's going to be set. That's why I think for the Sharks, this is mm. massive. Oh, it's Does crucial. That, it's crucial. And, got, and you look at the you Warriors. The Titans there too. Yeah, I know. And you look at the Warriors. If you look at the Warriors, the interesting thing here is, is if the Warriors can pull something out of the bag, which I don't think they will, all of a sudden they're back in contention. For the Warriors, this is the line in the sand. 
for the Sharks, this will solidify them. I think the Sharks and Bunnies, massive game this week because of the play, because of the teams around them that had the buy. I look at those teams, you know, after the Roosters. Dragons, if they didn't have a party last week, they'd be mm. able to celebrate the fact that they're probably a fair shot of making the eight. I think their season falls apart uh, after yeah. this week. They got the bye, and then they're going to be each week. They're going to have a number of players out, um, and I, I'd, I'd be really surprised if they hold on uh, in the top eight after the debacle that that was that party. The Sharks they got, got the sea, they got the Seagulls. <coughs> I don't think they'll win again. No, they got it. They Even got if the they Titans. had those players, they're going to get pumped by Manly. No. And, and they got the Titans. Well, that's a mixed bag. And then they got the Bunnies. Yeah, I, so, I think I think they got a number of high-ranking sides before the end of the year. Yeah, and they got they, the Eels after the Bunnies. Yeah, they got, the they got to play Penrith at some stage. They're in trouble. They've they're got, in big trouble. They've got then, like the best, they've then got the Roosters, which I think the Roosters could probably still beat them. The cow, they've, they've got to wait till round 24 and they play the Cowboys. By then, the Cowboys could be on the rise and them on the fall. They're in trouble. They, the, the last game of the year, I think, is against South again. They've got, they've got a tough run home. They're in trouble. I think that the Sharks, if, if they get over the Warriors this week, they, they, they're in position. They're already in the eight. They stay in the eight. And then they <coughs> – that was a big loss last week against the Broncos for those guys. But I think yeah. that they're in a, their destiny is in their own hands. Yeah. The team that looks like to be really coming through and probably take one of those spots, you'd think, is the Knights. We did talk about that earlier. Yeah. Um, you just don't know. I don't see the Cowboys being a factor. The Titans, if they're at their best, they're a chance. Depends, depends which Titans show up. Well, that's it. That's it. Um, the Warriors, I don't think they make it. They lose games where they're in unlosable position, and I can't see them. They've only got five wins, same as the Tigers. The Raiders nope. are a shambles. I can't see them making the eight. Can I? Tigers can I the devil's advocate here. I think the eight set. I think the eight's going to be Storm, Ooh. Penrith, Souths, Eels, Seagulls, Roosters, <laughs> Sharks, and Knights. Ooh, the Dragons drop out for the Knights. Oh, Dragons are gone. Yeah, I think you're right, Shane. I, I can't see anyone outside of that really with their for and against. I feel, like, I feel like the Titans will make a run and just miss out. Yeah, they're on 12 points, minus 56. They're better than the Cowboys. They've Cowboys. got a better point against them, the Knights. They've got to win, don't they? They've got to win games. Um, they've got to win games. They they have a bye this week, but so do the Knights. They're, yeah, they're, they're, they've got to win... They've got to win games and they've got to win them uh, quickly. Really, they, you know, when we look at the when we look at the Knights, Knights play the Storm next week, where the um, that's a tough Titans game. Play the Eels. Titans still play the Eels. Like you couldn't see them winning. Um, the Titans then play the Dragons, 
where the Knights play the Roosters. The Roosters could win that. Uh, the, sorry, the, the Knights could win that. The Knights then play the Raiders where the um, Titans play the Dogs. The Titans actually have a fairly good run home. Knights play the Broncos where the Titans play the Cowboys. So, the, you know, on the way home, the, the, the Titans don't have a bad run. In saying that, they then have the Bunnies, um, the Titans. They, you know, like the Titans then have the Bunnies. They then have the Storm. They've got a tough end um, from memory. They then got the Knights. That could be the game. Round 24, 26th of August, Thursday night at 7.50. That could be the game that dictates who gets eight. Mm. Really interesting. You nominated Shane the, the the last two spots in the eight to be the Sharks and the Knights. That's mm. where they finished last year. They were the, the yeah. they were yeah. those two teams making up right. just making up the yeah. numbers and yeah. straight yeah. out Not making up numbers. And, and I think too, if they do make the eight, unfortunately for Sharks and Knights fans, as you said, they will just be making up the numbers because as we said. As things stand, you've got them coming up against Manly and the Roosters, who I'm very confident would do away with them. And guys, guys, can we just say, not a Raider amongst them. The Raiders. No, they're gone. That's poor. They're gone. I can't put them in there at this point in time unless someone proves me wrong. Boys, please. The Raiders. Do you know what's sad? I can't put them in. If this is what's. This is what's. What, what says a lot about the competition now, you've got the Tigers have the bye this week and the Raiders are two points ahead of the Tigers. Uh, they're for and against. There's a difference of about 44. There's there's every possibility that that the uh, the, the Manly side could put a bit of a score on it. We, we could possibly see, you know, the Raiders in the same company as the Tigers. Uh, you know, three three positions off the bottom of the ladder. It's It's unfathomable. Yeah, I, the the good thing is that we do have this interest in the bottom of the eight. So there's mm. there's half a dozen teams that, yeah, you know, maybe even more than that, potentially could be there. I think it's a race in three between the Sharks, the Knights, and the Titans. I think with yeah. the Dragons, with the loss of those players it's going to be staggered over a number of weeks. Um, and to be honest, even at their best, I don't think they're that good a side, the Dragons. But they've got a tough draw. Um, I think it comes down yeah. to Sharks, Knights, and Titans. For the other one mm-hmm. who has a tough I can't draw. say Dragons holding on. I'll tell you who else has a tough draw. <laughs> is the Cowboys. Mm. I think the fragility in the Cowboys, they're going to go. They're gone. Well, I, don't, I don't even give them a chance, Shane. Uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yep. Uh, well, there's plenty to uh, look forward to. It's definitely uh, a lot to uh, see unfold this week. We only had the four games, but there's plenty to talk about. There's a lot of implications in regards to rugby league. Next week, there's plenty to look forward to. Obviously, we're looking at our special edition with the origin approaching. Uh, we're also going to talk the top 100 paid players in the NRL. 
But uh, look, in regards to this week, there was so much to talk about on and off the field. We really enjoy you sticking with us. If you're still with us now at uh, three hours and we're just ticking wow. over to seven minutes, uh, you're an absolute superstar. We appreciate your support. and uh, We do appreciate it. The, yeah. thing is, the thing is, you can stagger. Because it's a podcast, you, do what you don't you want. have to go you know, for the yeah. whole you know, and I do that myself. Like I'll listen to a bit here and a bit there as I go for a walk. Um, so you can enjoy it in lockdown because you've got oh, yeah. you're not filling That's your right. time. Hey, so, wake uh, up, make your coffee, just have it on the background. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people spend a lot of time dicking around on their phone, flipping through their Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. Look, three hours in a week, on your device is nothing. You might as well be listening to Carpool Rugby League. We appreciate your support. And uh, as we said, we know a lot of fans. Look, I'll be honest with you. I know fans that have told me, look, I'm a Manly fan. I fast forward through. I listen to the Manly preview. I listen to the tidbits, the gaff, the grab. That's fine. That's great, guys. We don't need you to listen to the whole three hours. As long as we're entertaining you for part of your week, as long as we're bringing some positivity and as long as we're getting you excited about the rugby league, because I know, fellas, we're excited about the rugby league, we're and we excited. are looking forward oh, yeah. Yeah. to this weekend's round. And uh, look, round seventeen, we're getting to the pointy end. We want to we, thank you. I all. think now this is usually post Origin. After this week, it's the run to the finals. Yeah, you got to watch for the clubs, the Storm, the Panthers, the Rabbits. The eels, the seagulls, watch what they do. This yep. is the run to the. This is the pointy end. This is where the competition winners shine in yep. these in these next six weeks. Yep. Big big rugby league ahead. Definitely the uh, race to the pointy end. We're at the pointy end of the podcast, and so we'd like to thank you for being a part of the show. Uh, from Graham, it's goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, everyone. Well, we look forward to a special edition next week. Thanks, listeners, all. Be good. Take care. Stay safe.